Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with the new and improved Chick Foley show. Let me start it off by welcoming the stars of the show. What's up, Sheena? Hello, hello. And Marco, how are things going up in Massachusetts? It's going. It's going good over here. Nice weather, actually, today. Oh, my God. Listen, listen. No, no, that's on the banned topics list. Remember, Sheena told us, basically... Talking about the weather on the Chick Foley show is the equivalent of, uh, you know, WWE talking about like AEW live on the air. Yeah. So yeah. no mention. Persona but non grata. Less, yeah. yeah. But the less Ooh. said, the better when it comes to the weather. Uh, <laughs> Sheena, tell the tell the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can always find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Uh, you can find Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. Um, and most importantly, you can join our Foley fam at Chick Foley Show dot. Uh, we actually recorded our March Madness Best Breakfast Cereal Tournament, which is super fun. Uh, we ran down the best, like a list of the best breakfast cereals of all time, um, and they fought to the death. So we're excited to uh, get that first round of that out to you guys, and we'll we'll be recording the second round uh, this coming week. So super excited about that. And uh, yeah, we we also have a new partnership in the uh, Pod Foundation. I'm going to let Seth tell you a little bit about that. Actually, Sheena's going to tell us about that. The Chick Foley Show is a proud member of the Pod Foundation. The Pod Foundation is a partnership between ourselves, Turnbuckle Tavern, Pyramid Wrestling, and the Extra Cooler Show. We're committed to bringing wrestling fans everywhere the best content possible and sharing our love for all aspects of sports entertainment. Follow at Pod Foundation on Instagram and Twitter to interact with us and stay up to date on everything happening with all of our shows. Yes, that was a little bit of a surprise reveal. We kind of uh, recorded a rough draft of that the other night, and Sheena didn't know that I'd put the uh, finishing touches on that and had it ready for. I the know, air. and guess what? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to re-record uh, because our good buddies over at Pyramid Wrestling. Um, you know, I I said I was trying to be all like you know, uh, PG or whatever, and say or PC and say sports entertainment, and uh, he said no, I watch wrestling, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to re-record it for <laughs> for our good buddies over at Pyramid and say you know we're, we're gonna bring you all the best content in the wild world of wrestling. <laughs> yeah, we joined up with a with a couple of our our podcast friends, just kind of help each other out on promoting each other's show and just increasing awareness of what everybody's doing. And we've already had some awesome collaborations. Um, myself and Sheena were on Pyramid Wrestling this past week. That episode is already out. And uh, Sheena, uh, you want to tell them about uh, what you got coming out on Monday with Turnbuckle Tavern? Yeah, so every Monday on the Turnbuckle Tavern, they have their debate show, and they just pick three topics and they just run it down in debate court, and they just kind of like you know hash through them. And I was super stoked to get to be the fourth man on on that show um fourth woman i guess on that show um but yeah it was it was a lot of fun it was like we we call them the two bad chads and then um thomas uh, foley fan member thomas montalto uh comes on their debate show too the so og fig kid the og Put some fig respect kid. on his name the og fig <laughs> kid yeah so um that will be coming out on monday we had some we had some really fun topics to discuss and i had a blast over there with with those guys so if you aren't give them uh Give them a little tease. Tell them that, you know, you get to pick out yeah, your uh, own topic for it. What, what was the topic? Yeah. You so, you know, they, they hit me up and they're like, well, since you're going to be a guest, you know, you can throw in a question. And my question or my debate topic was, um, are, are the Bellas, the Bella twins hall of fame worthy? Like, should they be in the hall of fame? And so we got to hash that out and it was a lot of fun hearing everybody's, everybody's perspective on that. 
Yeah, so it's been really great. Just an awesome way to collaborate with some other uh, creative podcasters who, more importantly, just love pro wrestling. Yeah. So uh, it's it's been fun so far. We actually have the first Pod Foundation giveaway going on right now. If you head over to Pod Foundation on Instagram, uh, we have the Samoa Joe giveaway. So just check out the post. It's pretty easy to enter, and we'll be giving away that figure this weekend. Um, we also, me and she, if you notice a little bit difference on the sound, me and Sheena, um, we kind of listened back the last couple weeks and we're tweaking some stuff. We didn't love the way that the show was sounding. And honestly, like we really had um, basically the same setup that we'd been using from episode two of the Chick Foley yeah. show. We made some tweaks after episode one, then started with the same setup since then. Sheena, tell them a little bit about what our uh, what the setup looked like last week. You know, it's really looking back; it's surprising that the show sounded as professional as it did most weeks. But uh, but tell them what we were working with last week. Yeah, it's so funny. You know, you see people like uh, Sam Roberts, who has like this incredible like podcast studio, and like all of these amazing podcasters who just like have these incredible spaces to to record um and then you know you have myself and Seth recording uh, I don't know what Marcos I mean I know what Marcos setups looks like cuz I've seen it on on camera and stuff before but I can only speak for myself and Seth uh we had our kids play table like you know their little like you know small little table it's probably about the size of like smaller than a card table and then we had a nugget mat set up in front of it like you know as a sound barrier we like made this like big cave around it and then put our both of our laptops on there shared a microphone shared a set of headphones and uh a set of iphone headphones a, like the free headphones that come with your iphone yeah we had those a set of iphone headphones um and uh so yeah at least two or three times an episode one of us would like jerk our head to, to grab another <laughs> drink or something and yank the <laughs> headphone out of the other one's like in mid-sentence like you guys never you you guys don't know how much stuff we kayfabed on the podcast yeah. before yeah and we had a sansa meteor mic which is great like that that little mic is awesome it, it definitely perfect starter mic and we'll pro we'll still probably take that if we're ever going to do any like you know live on scene recording somewhere that'll definitely be what we take but uh yeah i, th- I feel like the show has definitely kind of outgrown it for for what we what we're trying to do and the level of quality we're trying to bring you guys yeah but it, it was a lot of fun you know like i said it's it's just funny because i think when people hear podcasting i think you just have like this this like idea of what it looks like what the person behind Behind the mic looks like and I don't I don't think anyone could have ever imagined what it looked like for Seth and I to be sitting on the floor on these mats uh with this like you know setup that, that we have but yeah it was super fun I'll always be nostalgic to the the original sharpshooter studio but now we're in the new the new and improved sharpshooter studio and uh I'm stoked to see you know I'm so stoked to listen to this next episode yeah, it, it is funny. It, it's a testament to just how cool of a format podcasting is because yeah, it is so it freaking easy to uh to get out. I mean, if you want to, you could record just straight on your phone. Mm-hmm. You know, there's really like no rules to this. And there's so many, you know, small niches that you could record it that, that you could kind of fill, that you could find your little listener base for whatever you're gonna do, regardless of of the sound quality. Cause I, I just I always cracked up. It cracked me up whenever Sheena first announced like on like Facebook to kind of her non-wrestling fan friends that she was starting a podcast. And I remember there was like, you know, a couple dozen people were like, congrats, you know, that's that's such that's an neat, amazing you know, accomplishment. Yeah. When, you know, literally all you need to do to start a podcast is, you know, open up a, an iTunes account and, you know, go get something to record yourself on. Yeah. It, it really is really simple. So yeah. I encourage anybody that's got a passion for something to uh, to just dive right in and yeah. you can figure it out as you go. Look at us. We're, you know, we're 119 episodes in, which... 
you know, not to not to pat ourselves on the back, but that's about 105 episodes longer than most podcasts go. Yeah. If you look at, you know, if you look at the stats, most yeah. podcasts end in under like 15 or 20 episodes. Like yeah. they, they, people usually explain out because it is a lot of work. If and that's 119 some, uh, regular episodes. Like we've recorded bonus content. I've done t- yeah. countless, you know, like crossovers and stuff. So yeah, it, it's a, it's definitely a, a labor of love. Um, but yeah, it's it's like Seth was talking about earlier. You know, everybody has their own niche, and I think that that's what's another really thing. Just kind of like taking a step back to the pod foundation that was something that was really cool about all of the people all of the members that you know we we collaborated with they all bring something different to the table so it's not like you're going to be listening to our show and get the same exact thing when you listen to turnbuckle tavern you know they do in-depth aew analysis you know we're going to talk about them a little bit later on the show you'll get to hear from some of our friends but um extra cooler you know they have a retro inspired uh you know show that they do every week and kind of like hit the nostalgia so yeah i'll let you guys well like i said we'll hear from them later but it's really cool to just kind of like collaborate and see everybody's little podcast niches yeah so again uh you know the pod foundation things kind of reinvigorated us and, and me marco and sheena we're just committed to bringing the foley fam and all of our listeners out there the best possible podcast we can every week and again just sharing our love for for this thing that we call pro wrestling. So enough about us. Wrestling. Um, let's remind you guys to use code Chick Foley at Ringside Collectibles any anytime you place an order for your wrestling figures there to save ten percent. And let's move inside the squared circle. So AEW Revolution is in the books, and there's really only one thing we could talk about before we even get into the rest of the card. Thoughts on the ending, you know? So it's it's the end of this amazing 25 plus minute match, you know, um, barbed wire exploding death match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley. I think the match delivered, um, had an awesome ending, some really cool spots and a lot of drama. Kenny Omega retains the belt. He leaves. We got the countdown going. Eddie Kingston makes a dramatic save. The clock counts down to five, four, three, two, one. And when the buzzer sounds, it was just a whole lot of nothing. Marco, take us through uh, your thought process <laughs> as you're watching this live on um, Sunday night. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to even put into words now because of, like, what's transpired since then and, like, how how they explained it and how they, like, kind of, like, um, spun it into their favor and stuff like that. But the initial reaction of it was, I think everyone's reaction was, like, what the what the hell was that? Like what? What was this? Did it, that was an explosion. I'm like what the hell was supposed to? Like what? It was a Fourth of July. It was literally sparklers and fireworks and like a puff of smoke and like yeah. It was, it was, it was kind of a letdown. Like I get like what you know Tony Khan said. Like what did you want us to like blow people up? But obviously you don't want anyone getting blown up. But you want more of like a like a production. If anything, like more smoke, if anything, like true. But I, I, I kind of love that yeah. about Tony Khan that he's keeping it kayfabe 100. Like he's yeah. not he's not giving in to the fan pressure to be like, you know, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that we effed this up. He's like, no, like, you know, what did you want us to do? Blow people up? You know, yeah, <laughs> I was just I mean, like, OK, it, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, like, you know, they they kind of like I said, they kind of like took the words out of everybody's mouths like on on Wednesday when they spoke about it with like, you know, where you're expecting like the only way like. John Moxley was gonna, you know, leave AEW is was to be blown up or killed or whatever. Yeah, obviously that's not gonna happen. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna kill True, John Moxley. <laughs> I have to I have to jump in and just say that this could not have happened. So. I, 
it's two sides of the of the coin, right? Like it couldn't have happened to any worse people because I was so excited to see Eddie Kingston get his moment, you know, and this was like yeah, the, per- the perfect opportunity exactly. to, you know, write Mox off for a little while. Um, and then, you know, Kenny just being like the ultimate mega heel, right? So it was the perfect opportunity for that, which was, you know, gone. But it, it could not have happened to three better people either because the way that they have handled it since it happened has just been amazing like i've been yeah. happy with the explanations you know because i was i was prepared because i loved the match so much and i loved i loved the the potential for the storytelling i i knew what they were trying to do so i was just going to go ahead and be like you know what in my mind i'm just going to pretend like they blew the freaking roof off the place and the, the it was fl- there was flames all over the ring you know every eddie kingston was like burned alive yeah, yeah. i was ready i was ready to just like create the story in my head and just move on to wednesday and just like continue the storyline you know because if if yeah. that had happened in wwe like they would have never mentioned it again like it would have just been off all of their youtube channels all, all, it would have been cut from the freaking you know wwe network they never would have showed it again um but that it, was like uh seth and bray in hell in the cell you know that yes. had like a little they made a brief mention of it on raw the next night after but that whole disaster that that match turned out to yes. be just got swept under the rug they like never, it never they never addressed it whereas AEW like took it on head first and i like i respect that so much i respect just like the self awareness to be like you know what like this really sucked like we have to we have to figure this out and, and fit it into the storyline somewhere. But I also thought to myself while it was all kind of playing out as I was like figuring out like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe this just botched like this was that like they should. I can't believe they didn't have a contingency plan, like a plan B or Kenny. I mean, Kenny is there. Those three guys are so smart and so witty and so good, like in the moment that if Kenny would have come back out and been like, you know, ha 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 ha, you know, you think I was going to kill you? Like, no, Mox, yeah. I want to be, be kicking your ass for like the next, you know, five years or whatever. I think um, like Eddie and uh, Dean or Dean, sorry, Eddie and Mox would have been able to, I know I was throwback. I went back in the Wayback machine. Um, Eddie and Mox could have played off of it and, and made it into something right there in the moment. But it was like the ref never even told Eddie like, Hey dude, like <laughs> this, it was just sparklers, you know, cause he couldn't tell, he couldn't see what was going on. I mean, he, yeah, was, he had his head down, he had his he head down and I mean, I'm sure it sounded loud. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure it sounded like, you know, a lot of commotion and whatnot, but, uh, yeah, he didn't see that it was just like, <laughs> you know, who's could <laughs> and who's could don'ts. It was really like Gilbert's pyro. You know, it that was, was the joke going it around. Was. It looked like a Gilbert entrance. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, it would have been such a cool story. Um, you know, spoiler alert, you guys will see it on the cover art for this week. But Ryan Loco, uh, who's basically become uh, like John Moxley's personal photographer, he came down to uh, Jacksonville to photograph the match and got some really, really awesome black and white photos. And there's a photo of Kingston laying over Moxley with one second left on the countdown. And it's just really, really powerful. And it just, it makes me sick. Cause if the explosion would have been what it was supposed to be, I think that would have been one of the like epic storytelling moments in, in recent history for wrestling. But, and that's saying a lot because Seth has been on the record on this show saying that he's not an Eddie Kingston guy. And, I, like you know, yeah, Marco, Marco and I, Marco and I are like you know we're we're hashtag team team Eddie, um, but the heel husband has not been has not been on board with Eddie Kingston for so for him I've to like you know give a, him his due is is a lot. 
Yeah, I've never been an Eddie Kingston fan, but in that moment, he became like the number one babyface in the biz. Yeah, and then the explosion happened, and it just left me just left me feeling confused, you know. But I like the way they explained it. I am curious. I wonder if they kind of changed plans on the fly because now you know Mox is coming back and wrestling in a tag team match next week. So I got to imagine that the plan was for him to you know be the victim in this big explosion and end up disappearing for a few months while while Renee um, you know has their child. But now I wonder if maybe we get the big send off next week with some kind of epic beatdown segment because I can't imagine the plan was for him to come back the next night and no. then a week later be wrestling in a tag team match against the Good Brothers. But yeah, good, but well was, played. It was so good though. The, the fire, the yeah. fire pit segments and everything. I thought those were really entertaining, and I really liked the way that oh Kenny God. Kenny handled it in the ring too. Like Kenny just making like a complete and total mockery of it. You know the way that Eddie Kingston like covered mocks and all of oh. that. You know, and, and making fun of Eddie Kingston's um, anxiety, which you know as as an anxiety warrior myself uh, i'm like you know I, I was like okay this is funny you know so i thought uh i thought it was awesome yeah mox and mox and kingston just chilling drinking whiskey and talking about yes. it. you know they seem like so the good. coolest guys in wrestling they do. You know, i want to like hang out with those guys um yeah so let's you know obviously it was huge letdown it's really all anybody's i think is going to remember about the show unfortunately uh before we dig any deeper into it let's let's take a trip down the nostalgia highway uh, marco you got any other epic letdowns in wrestling history that you can think of Oh man, uh, man, there's a couple, and they're all they. I mean, I don't want to say they all point to WCW, but I mean, one <laughs> that had some bad comes ones. right to mind is uh, the ending the streak of Goldberg uh, with a cattle prod. That was yeah when the uh, when Scott Hall got the Mountie shock stick. Yeah, that was kind of that was lame, lame sauce for especially for like this like big powerful guy that they built up for. Forever and then just to lose shock just stick shock. And a power bomb. Yeah. I mean at least yeah. at least like have like a bunch of people tase him like like all of NWO have tasers and they all tase him at once. I wouldn't believe that, but I don't know. Either, either that or the sting you have to go sting Hogan, I guess, Starcade. Yeah, was a big that was another well. one where instead of it being a, it could have been an awesome moment, it should have been an awesome moment. It just ends up being a letdown and it's just confusion. You know, I think that's really when wrestling suffers the most when you're not really sure what you're supposed to be feeling, you know, was it a botch or was it part of the storyline? It just leaves fans leaving, you know, feeling kind of empty. Uh, Sheen, you got any, any big letdowns that, uh, that stick out in your mind? Yeah, it's definitely gotta be, um, the, uh, coal miners glove on a pole match, right? Like, you know, I mean, you had, you had all these epic, you know, spin the wheel, make the deal. They did that whole cinematic sequence, you know, with, uh, the, the ad before the match. I mean, it could have been like a casket match, like a freaking yeah, chainsaw like Texas match. Death yeah, Texas match. Death there was something, match. uh, I want to say there's something called like a Prince of Darkness match where you're just like, I don't even know what the hell that is. I've never even heard of that, but it sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and of all the freaking gimmicks on that entire match, they did the coal miners glove on a pole match. So yeah, that was like the ultimate letdown. Like what the hell? Is, yeah, happening is that even a thing? Do we have any coal miners that listen to the show? Like, are you guys <laughs> gloves like really, really like tough or hard or something? Exactly. Like, I don't understand why that would even be something that would be any worse than a regular old glove on a pole, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, it, it, it was bad. So, yeah, I would have to say that was one of the epic botches in uh, in wrestling history for sure. I think mine is probably going back to uh, 1999, the, the Ministry of Darkness when undertaker's deep in his heel turn you know he's really leaning into like the evil like uh cult side of his character 
He's got this awesome faction behind him. And for weeks and weeks, you're hearing that there's this higher power that's directing him to do all this stuff like kidnapping Stephanie McMahon and tormenting Steve Austin and basically just raining darkness over WWE. Um, speculation was going wild. Looking back, like there was really no, I don't, I'm not sure who they could have revealed that would have lived up to all the speculation, all the hype behind it. But of course, we get the famous moment where the robe comes off and it's freaking Vince McMahon again. And he has his, you know, his famous line where he says, it was me, Austin. It was me all along. And and, you know, everybody's just rolling their eyes. I, th- I think Jim Ross said, like, you got to be kidding me or something like that. Um, it was just lame because it was basically just a reboot. And not only was it the Austin McMahon storyline starting to get played out at that point, but it also kind of made Undertaker just like a puppet. Like, it's like, OK, this whole time, you know, you're the freaking Undertaker and you've been taking orders from Vince McMahon this entire time. Uh, just a big letdown. And that's the one that really sticks out for me. So. Uh, we'll move on to the rest of Revolution. Uh, Marco, what, what was your best match of the night, uh, you know, outside of the main event? Um, I'm going to go with the uh, the cinematic match, staying in uh, Darby Allen versus Brian Cage. So good. Yeah. Oh, my God. It, it was it was uh, it was almost like watch. I mean, they obviously they stepped their game up when it comes to the cinematic uh, matches and stuff like that, but. That was almost like watching like a mini movie. It was. Um, so he, yeah, here's the thing. It was like watching a mini movie. They had this like super dramatic score. And then yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, everything. It was like the perfect way to use Sting in in his new role. But then they yeah. had commentary over the top of it, which yeah. completely ruined it and took me completely yeah. out of the moment. Like the entire time I was like, I could be enjoying this and really getting into it and like being like, holy crap. But you got Taz yammering on just like, you know, oh, at one point you could hear Taz open up either a, a soda can or a beer can or something. Yes. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and he had the live crowd reactions also. That was another thing too, which you know, yeah. I guess the crowd was was okay, but I, yeah, I think I could have got more immersed in it if it was just presented like a straight. But up why movie. is the crowd watching a street fight happen? You know what I mean? There was no there was no crowd at the street fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like why was there why was there crowd noise? There was no crowd yeah. there. Yeah, I would have been okay with the uh, like like the commentary would have been fine if it was just like we're gonna we're gonna take you now to uh, whatever an undisclosed location. Um, and continue the like try to play it off like they're like continuing the feed, but they're just transferring it over to this like undisclosed location where yeah this match is about to happen. And then yeah, but you, then can't, have, you can't have Taz being like, oh my god, Sting's got a bat. He's yeah. hitting Ricky Stocks <laughs> with a bat. Oh yeah. god, <laughs> you know, like no, like they, yeah, they didn't have to do the whole match. They could have like they could have did some commentary and like they kind of like spaced it out a little bit. They didn't have to like commentate like it was an actual like match happening in the ring yeah, so like, right, there's a side rush and leg sweep yeah, yeah. through oh a plate God. glass window <laughs> through a plate glass window oh yeah but yeah that match that match was epic it was it was really really good yeah i enjoyed it yeah i'm looking forward to uh hopefully getting some figures out of that match i still can't believe we don't got a brian cage figure yet he's such a toyetic guy mm-hmm. you know so hopefully he's coming in uh aw unrivaled or unmatched here pretty soon but yeah i was a big fan of that and i'm looking forward to see how they use sting going forward um Big question, though. I'll ask you guys this because this is always the key question when it comes to AEW pay-per-views. Was it worth $50? I mean, yeah, I think it was. I mean, I think I think if if things had went off without a hitch in the uh, barbed wire match, I feel like everybody would have been like, yes, that was the best pay-per-view of the year. You know what I mean? Even though there were some like some low spots, you know what I mean? Like there was like the women's matches and even, you know, as much as I love hangman that the hangman, uh, Matt Hardy match was just like 
meh. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I yeah. knew who was going to win. There was no reason for it to go the, other than the way that it did. So it wasn't like it was like a lot hanging on that, you know, no titles or anything. Um, but I feel like if it had went the way that it was supposed to, everybody would have been like, oh my gosh, this was so amazing. You know, yes, worth the $50. Um, but that one thing, you know, everybody's been talking about Vince McMahon's famous line, you know, it's how you leave them. You know, it's, it's how you, you finish. The only thing they remember is the finish. Yeah. It's like the finish. Right. So I think, uh, that's where everybody's having an issue. But in my mind, like I told you guys earlier, I'm just, I, I, I could see where they were going. And the fact that they even had the, the, like balls to just do all this, like long-term storytelling and stick with it. And, you know, all those types of things um, really shows me that they care about the audience um, and that they care about what they're, what they're doing with their storytelling. Whereas WWE, if they don't like something on freaking that night, you know, but right before they go on, they're going to scrap it. You know what I mean? So they'll change something mid match. Yeah. They'll, yeah, exactly. They'll change something mid match. Like literally like it could be a story that's been going on for three months and they'll be like, eh, you know what? This, we're not doing this anymore. Right. I mean, look at, look at freaking Keith Lee. Keith Lee had, you know, all the momentum in the world and then he just disappeared. So yeah. it, it's just kind of like, um, I, I appreciate the effort that they do put into their storytelling and their long-term storytelling. Um, so I always, I mean, I think it's worth, I think it's worth 50 bucks for sure. All right. Moving on, keep sticking with AEW. Christian is all elite. So after seven years out of the ring due to injuries, we, he made his triumphant return at the World Rumble, had a really good showing, and had that awesome moment with Edge where they embraced. I think fans were already fantasy booking all the stuff that's going to happen after WrestleMania with Edge and Christian, um, you know, possibly reigniting their rivalry or um, getting back together as a tag team. But suddenly he's Paul White's, um, you know, big signing for revolution marco what were your thoughts when you saw christian come out um i mean obviously it was it was a surprise um to see christian come out because obviously you thought you know he made his triumphant return at uh royal rumble and you know they had that him and edge had that uh embraceful hug and everything so you thought it was just like you know you'd see it back together and uh running amok in the wwe but obviously that wasn't the case um this time around um, I don't. Th- I don't think it was like a, a letdown. I guess it was pretty shocking to me. I didn't. I wasn't expecting Christian to pop up. I was. I had so many other names in my head that I wasn't even thinking of him. Exactly, which yeah. is uh is is a a fatal flaw for AEW. Um, they they they've done this so many times where they overpromise and underdeliver. Whereas if yeah. they if they would just like either either under promise or even just kind of like keep things even keeled, people would be so. Hype like people would have been hyped to see Christian if Big Show hadn't come out there for you know two weeks in a row talking about how he's got he's got the scoop you know this Hall of Fame worthy um, talent that's going to be coming to AEW and just like building it up like you know he's going to yeah. outwork everyone making us think like what the hell like who is this you know because to me they just kind of like slid Paul White in there. You know, they were just like, you know, hey, we're going to, we got a new commentator for our new um, Elevation show and it just happens to be the freaking big show, which to me is a bigger deal than signing Christian. Like the fact that they got big show is, is way bigger deal than that they got Christian. So if he had just sold it like for what it was, people would have been excited about it, but they didn't do him any favors at all by like, building him up that way and then having him come out and do nothing and not even start anything, do nothing, just kind of like grab a clipboard and be like, I'm here, you know? Yeah. And the thing about it is, I, I think it really goes back to kind of just the, 
the way he's performed throughout his career and the way he's always been presented in WWE. There's been a lot of murmurs in some of the more hardcore like internet wrestling forums that um, AEW, you know, it was originally kind of looked at as kind of like the the best parts of WCW brought back to life, mm-hmm. but now starting to lean a little bit into TNA territory where they're snatching up all these guys that were maybe maybe a touch washed up or a little bit maybe misused in WWE, and they're immediately put in the main event picture. You know, we saw it on Wednesday night. What did Christian do? He came out and confronted Kenny Omega and held up the AEW championship. So we're led to believe that he immediately he's going to be the next challenger, and AEW's wanting us to look at him as a main event title contender, which how was he always presented in WWE? He was either, you know, in a tag team with Edge or he was like, you know, the plucky underdog or like the hardworking veteran that came up just short. You know, he was never presented as a main eventer. So yeah, if, that, if that's how he was in WWE, yeah. um, it's not saying you can't go somewhere else and get built up into that, but you can't immediately present this guy as some giant game-changing signing that's, you know, has the the right, you know, like who even gave him the right or the authority to come out and challenge their world champion on, you know, basically night number two in the company. It just seemed a little bit weird. And that's kind of, that lends credence to the people that do say that AEW's fallen into some of the same patterns that, uh, that TNA was having. But yeah. And if you are, if you're just like a, an AEW viewer, you know what I mean? If you weren't like a hardcore WWE viewer back in the day, like you don't even know who this is, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, he hasn't been around for a long time. So he just shows up and you're just like Christian cage. Like who the hell is Christian cage? You know? <laughs> um, so I just think, I think it was a, a, I think it was a miss having him show up the way that they did and build him up the way that they did. And then I also, I agree with you, Seth, that it, it's a miss for them to just like immediately put him into the title picture with Kenny Omega. Cause I don't believe it. Like it, it, it does nothing for me. You know, it just kind yeah, of like. If Mox couldn't beat him. How was, how was Christian exactly. even going to his jock? And don't get exactly. me wrong. I love Christian. You know, I'm really bummed that he went to AEW cause I was already in my mind thinking how awesome it would be. Um, once Edge, you know, I think Edge is going to come up a little bit short in his pursuit to yes. take down Roman as the champ. Seeing Edge and Christian reunite, and I want to see them face the Usos. You know what I mean? I want to see ENC yeah. go against the Usos. I want to see him go against New Day, yeah. Street Profits, maybe dip down to NXT and see him go up against some of the awesome tag teams down there. Um, that was what I was really excited for because, you know, I think we're all three of us have been on record for how much we love tag team wrestling. So it would have been yeah. great to see those two guys get one last run as a tag team. Yeah, because that's, um, Marco, I mean, that's what where about he, you? That's like that's his forte you know i mean he's like when he was a tag team with edge like that was the that was his peak you know what i mean that was his like mountaintop when he was freaking tag teaming with edge you know yeah Yeah. definitely marco what uh, what were your thoughts are you are you glad he's in AEW now or would you rather have seen him stick with uh with wwe i mean i'm a i'm a wwe guy through and through i do love AEW. obviously i love all all things wrestling uh but i would definitely love to see him stay with uh, WWE only because you know they like you said they could have done a lot of tag team stuff uh, together I think uh, actually Kofi brought that up someone messaged him on Twitter and was like oh what do you think about uh, you know Christian sign he's like oh he's like trust me we you know we pitched the idea of like New Day versus Edge and Christian um, for I think it would I mean I'm assuming it would probably been like SummerSlam or something like that right. and uh, obviously he's like obviously you know things happen and it's not going to happen right now cuz <laughs> cuz he's gone but uh so there were there were talks and there were plans for uh and it, it, i guess like they they did say like you know the locker room like received him well too when he came back and mm-hmm. it seemed like it was going to yeah, be he's like, such a good guy yeah, yeah. oh yeah 1000% uh, yeah so i mean i i do i mean I, he he has been a world champion don't get me wrong world champion in WWE world champion in uh 
TNA slash Impact as well. So he, you know, he's he has a world champion. Uh, Christian uh, was a world champion. Yeah, and, yeah uh, he, he briefly had a run as the heavyweight champion. Yeah, the heavyweight mm-hmm. champion. The uh, yeah, the big gold. Okay. Oh big yeah. Gold. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So he had the big big gold. He he held the the title in uh, TNA slash Impact too. So he is he's been a world champion. Um, I think they're just trying to play off of you know the Edge Roman thing going on. So they now I know, they have but, their, that, like, but see, but that's where that's where they're screwing yeah. up. You you can't no, exactly. you can't give us Edge Roman and then give us Kenny like Edge Roman light. You know what I mean? No, like that's, that's, I mean. That's, that's like that's, it's it's not um it's just yeah. not going to happen. He apparently yeah. he was on Renee's podcast Oral Sessions and he um he he had said that you know after his appearance at the Rumble or whatever and then of course like they didn't he I guess I don't know who he was talking to but he said that they didn't have any plans for him going forward you know like he just thought like that was kind of like the the start of what was to come for him and then Dean re- Dean I don't know really keep calling him Dean tonight. Mox, yeah, Mox, Mox reached out <laughs> and said, um, I'm feeling very nostalgic tonight. Um, Mox reached out and, you know, just said, you know, you, you'd you be ridiculous not to at least explore what else is out there. And I guess that was kind of where the connection kind of came from for him to, you know, become become all elite. Yeah. I'll throw this wild card out. Even uh, if he wasn't going to be on the WWE main roster, I would have loved to see him just go to NXT for like a short run, you know, imagine if he went down and just randomly showed up in NXT and challenged Finn Balor for a match at a takeover oh, or something. I think that'd yeah, be awesome. Be epic dude. I'm a big fan of that. Of the veterans dropping down for, for a short run like Rhino did or, or Cesaro did, um, you know, back when NXT was, was in some of its more formative years, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, he's in AEW. We'll see where it goes again. I'm a big fan of his, so don't get me, you know, I hope this doesn't come across to the listeners as, you know, the, the chick Foley show bashing on Christian. I think we all really like him as a performer, but it's just, it's all about the way these guys are presented. And I don't think they're really setting him up for success immediately thrusting him into the main event picture there yeah. with Kenny. Yeah, Omega. no, 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 no. We rarely ever like, like bash on like the people. Like that's not, that's not what we're here for. You know what I mean? Like we, none of us know any of these people in real life. Unless it's unless, Cody. Unless it's, unless it's Cody. <laughs> unless it's Cody. Yeah, unless these people have done something extremely, you know, offensive or overt in their real life, like yeah, we're not we're not here to talk trash about the actual person. We're we're here to just kind of like break down what we hope we could have seen and what the potential would have been, and and you know that sort of thing. So don't ever think we're like you know being negative Nancys about people. All right. Speaking of NXT, they had some very big announcements this week. Uh, William Regal was hyping it up as two game-changing announcements, and he was not lying. So we'll start off with the first one. The week of WrestleMania, WWE is just going to pound us into submission. We're getting a two-night takeover. So this is in addition to the the two-night WrestleMania. We're getting two nights of takeover. Night one's going to be on USA, and night two is going to be the first exclusively streamed event on Peacock. So we mentioned this last week, I think it was, when we talked about how the first um, WWE uh, WWE Network live event was a takeover. Um, So Fastlane is going to be on Peacock and WWE Network, so I think that's them kind of dipping a toe in the water to see how it works. This night two of TakeOver is going to be the first event that's exclusively on Peacock. So I think that's going to give them a chance a couple days out to iron out any last second kinks, make sure the servers can, uh, you know, can withstand the, uh, the demand for it. And hopefully it goes out without a hitch because they're only going to have a couple days to iron shit out before it's time for WrestleMania. Um, Sheena, what do you, what do you think of two nights of takeover? What, how, I mean, how are you going to get through that week? Cause you're going to have raw hall of fame, two nights of takeover, SmackDown 
and then two nights of mania. And that's all in addition to, you know, NWA power, which is coming back. You still got AEW dynamite, dark and dark elevation. Um, what is your game plan for getting through WrestleMania week this year? I wish you could see my face right now. I mean, is it uh <laughs> Oh my God. I don't know. I, I um, speed maybe i don't know is that is that still a thing you know i don't know luckily you know the mom and dad are going to be here this week that week so (laughs) we'll have an extra set of uh, eyes and hands to you know take care of the kids so we should have a little bit more battery power for the nighttime when it's time to watch wrestling she's definitely the way back machine (laughs) yeah i don't think you can get speed anymore i think people are just taking like meth now i don't want to i don't want to do that it's hard on the teeth i hear so uh yeah i um (laughs) I don't know what I'm. That's getting. how lame Sheena is. She would go to a drug dealer. And be like, Can I get some speed? <laughs> um, Can I, get some speed yeah, I am. I'm as square as they come. I cannot. Yeah, I cannot order. I cannot order drugs. I can order. I can order fast food with the best of them. But yeah, if I ever went to like order drugs, you would. I would be identified quick, yeah, fast, and in a yeah, hurry. Can, can I buy two weeds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have those? Do you have those tweeds? Is that what it's called, tweeds? You know what? What the kids are smoking, you know. Yeah, she is the type that spent like forty bucks for like a sack of oregano or something. <laughs> like, yeah, I got and then be this. like, yeah, I think I'm feeling it. I think it's hitting. <laughs> yeah, this is this is some good stuff. Oh my god, you guys! But yeah, it's gonna be rough. It's you're, gonna you're be, breaking yeah, down. Well, you're breaking down my cool persona now. They're just gonna know I'm just a regular mom. The show's gonna get canceled, and I'm gonna be like, once hmm. we uh, when we get a little bit closer and the schedule is fully ironed out, we're definitely gonna have to. Uh, um, add up, you know, how many minutes of wrestling are, are going to be available to watch that week because it's it's going to be a lot. So I think everybody needs to stock up on whatever their energy drink of choice is and, and then also, you know, whatever their, their alcoholic beverage is because it's going to be a lot. Um, but I think it's cool. You know, they definitely have an, uh, the roster to do it, especially if they can get some of the guys uh, from NXT UK, Cough, Walter, Cough, uh, to, yeah. to, you know, make the flight over because – uh, there's there's a lot of talented guys in NXT UK right now. I think that's like the like you know best kept secret in wrestling is how good of a show that's been week in and week you know out. Why so it's they still d- a good show? It's be- why is that? Because it's one hour long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely long for the days of one hour NXT. One but, hour uh, NXT <laughs> is like right in my sweet spot. Like I um, it's not been the same since. But yeah, it's going to be cool. They definitely got the talent to put together two nights of awesome wrestling with all the guys down there. Um, it's looking like the main event for most likely is going to be Finn Balor defending the NXT Championship against Karrion Cross. Uh, Marco, what's your thoughts on that matchup? Um, Karrion, that's how you have to say his name. It's not Karrion. It's Karrion. Karrion Cross. Um, yeah, I, was, I, I love the end of the of, of uh, NXT Wednesday night when uh, you know he he's like what took you so long? Like he knew he was there behind him. It's pretty sick. And he turned around. He, he was a standing. He was like, TikTok. Um, I'm super excited about this. Um, it's basically like him reclaiming. I'm not saying he's winning, but him reclaiming the title. He never lost. Cause he had to, you know, he, right. due to injury, he had to give the title up. So I'm excited about this. Finn Balor has been a fighting champion. Um, he's been putting on some bangers. I mean, I would even almost I think say he, he, I think Finn's as good as he's ever been right now. Yeah, I think I mean I would even say he's gonna he he would probably beat Carrion, but so I, I like to you know we we really try to stay away from the the heavy fantasy booking on here because you can get carried away and like you know I think we could end up going for three or four hours if we just started fantasy booking the territories. Oh yeah, but I think it would be so awesome. It's been so long since we've seen it. Don't give us any hints. 
don't say shit about it until it's main event time. But, you know, Karrion Cross makes his entrance and then all of a sudden we hit those red lights and we get the demon back for the first time in a couple of years. I, I just think that would be an incredible moment. Oh, yeah. I think and an awesome that. way to. I think uh, that's happening. Yeah, I think it'd be an awesome way to send Karrion Cross off to the main roster because he he's you know he's such a unique performer and he's already such a, a polished finished product um, that that I think he's ready to go to Raw or SmackDown and and oh, really yeah. excel. You know, I think you could insert him into the main event picture right away on either one of those shows. Uh, and I, I think the Demon would be the best way to write him off of NXT. Uh, Sheen, how hype are you for for Cross versus Balor? Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an insane match. Like I I'm stoked for it. Um, I'm I'm sad that we you know had such an absence of carrying across Kyrian um <laughs> in the uh you know the last several months and whatnot but yeah i just think um i mean there's no way that this is going to be bad you know yeah it's going to be sick the other game-changing announcement we had was the introduction of the nxt women's tag team titles so on the surface i like it because nxt has by far the best women's division in the world um, that's one thing aw could definitely take a few lessons from them um, but we won't you know we won't go down that road again we'll keep sheena from uh, the scorching hot take that she yeah. had uh, if you didn't hear if you didn't week. hear last week's episode just go back and you know fast forward a little bit till we talk about the uh the predictions for the revolution show i kind of I kind of oh go off on the AEW women's <laughs> division. I think, yeah, we all did. Yeah. <laughs> I love, yeah. I love anytime. What's, what's her name? Maki Ito. Anytime she comes out, I just love like, you know, say, Sheena, take a look at this. Oh my gosh. Maki Ito. Listen, no shade to Maki Ito. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And I don't know why I should care about this. Here, see, here I go. Here I go. If I'm on. Ma- I'm on it. Maki Ito showed up on WWE television doing that gimmick. Next day trash. Like right after the right Twitter, she'd get. Drag yes, the dude, and you have you thing. have somebody you have somebody as freaking mage as Oscar who has like who has an entrance that like makes you like stand up and go like dun na dun you don't it know electrifies you yeah it electrifies you I and mean, and she still for whatever reason like they they just can't present her in the way that you know that she deserves right so yeah if Maki Ito was there they would they would no. oh yeah no she, she wouldn't killed. last five minutes yeah definitely. So, Not literally killed, by the yeah. way. I got some thoughts on this. I'll save them for the end. I'll let you guys go first. Marco, what, what do you think of NXT rolling out um, some women's tag team titles? Um, I think it's... I, I know a lot of people are just like, oh my God, why, more titles, WWE. Why do you produce more titles? Um, but I think I think it just separates NXT as its own entity, and it doesn't have to rely on like the WWE product at all, the WWE women's tag team titles or any other titles. Um, I think they should continue establishing an an identity on their own um, and not being like pulled into that, like, you know, uh, sports entertainment uh, thing that WWE has going on. Um, I still think like NXT still has like that gritty, um, like, uh, like brutal type of, you know, matches and stuff like that. Like in Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor, like, I don't think they can pull that match off. Yeah. Well, no, not like that. <laughs> like it's not as theatric, you know. Like WWE, you look at look at WWE as a product, and look at NXT. Yeah. There's no theatrics it, in, in, in NXT. NXT is a little it's, bit underground. You it's know? gritty. It's, it's, it's NXT like, yeah. underground. Yeah. So like, like keep it that way. Keep giving them their own titles and let them, you know, de- defend their own title. I know a lot of people are just like, oh, that diminishes the fact of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. No, it no, it doesn't. It's they're still gonna, you know, defend them across SmackDown and Raw. They don't have to go to um, NXT now if they don't want to. 
I mean, they I mean they probably don't want to in the first place. True. Like to travel to NXT and do that. It's a it's a lot. It's like I mean I, I, I think it's the best thing. Keep up with their own storylines, much less yeah. like try to weave them into NXT storylines. You know, yeah. So because they're completely, you can tell they're completely different. They don't really mention they don't mention each other at all. No, like, you don't hear WWE NXT is completely about. compartmentalized. Yeah. So like, why why not have their own titles? Yeah. And why not give them to you know the people that deserve? It? They have a deep enough women's roster to actually pull it off. Like the main roster doesn't have like the the. T- not the talent pool, but the the roster of women to actually have like a women's division where like NXT does. They have a they have a ton of women that can uh, form tag teams there, and then some. Like they still have some more at the performance center that that show up here and there and stuff like that. So I think it I think it was like a perfect thing for them to do a women's um, tag team division in NXT because it's gonna be it's gonna be way more it's gonna be better than what the main roster is putting on. Definitely guarantee that. Okay. Well, I'll, I will counter that with, I think it's cool. I think it's warranted, um, all the things that you said, but I think it is complete and total BS that they just like handed them over to Dakota oh, yeah. Kai and Raquel <laughs> Gonzalez. Like, hey, guess what, guys? You get to be the inaugural first ever women's tag team champions. Yeah. Like, kind of why? BS. Like, what? Like, what the heck? You know, was it? Because I, I just I don't know I, I'm not a fan of that at all. I w- I was not a fan of you know Becky giving the title to Oscar. I think titles should be earned. I think there should be matches to determine who holds titles. And this to me like it, it not even just that the fact that they they gave them the titles and then they lost them in the same night. I'm like okay I already don't care about this. I already don't care about these yeah. women's tag team titles. Like it means nothing. Well, my problem is that if they knew they were going to do this, like, you know, it wouldn't it have been cool if they had some like awesome tournament of yeah. women's tag teams to crown some new champs. Like the Dusties I mean, tag team. Yeah, like, like the, the tournament that ended like yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it just, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of these titles because, again, NXT's women's division is probably the best single division in all of professional wrestling. Yeah. And that's worldwide. Um, so they definitely needed some sort of secondary title because – you know, if you only got one prize at the top, there's going to be a lot of people that end up just being left out of really meaningful stories because championships matter. At the end of the day, that's what's going on your Wikipedia page. That's the kind of the, that's how you build your stats. You know, it's it's awesome to have cool stories and cool views, but at the end of the day, numbers don't lie. The numbers yeah. in professional wrestling are based off championship reigns, so we need some sort of secondary title. But I don't know why they couldn't have just had. Um, you know, the winner of the Dusty Cup be crowned the first ever NXT Women's Tag Team Champs because the way it came across is, okay, so the winner of the Dusty Cup gets a shot at Shayna and Nia. You know, they had that. They came up short. And it's like, okay, well, you guys lost that. You weren't good enough to win the real Women's Tag Titles. But here's these. This is the know, participation trophy. Prize. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. And I actually think it was a good move. Um, again, breaking kayfabe, but we're just talking about booking decisions. I think it was a good move to kind of immediately on the first night give them to, to Shotzi and Ember. Um, because, because it kind of like, it, it, it kind of makes it look like, yeah, it was a bad decision to, to just hand the belts over. Yeah. You know, I think Shotzi and Ember will kind of go down as the first real women's tag team champs. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we can't get a secondary women's singles title. You yeah. Know, what the heck? To my knowledge, I don't think that's ever been done in any promotion. I think it's always just been one, um, you know, one women's champ. Mm-hmm. And then the women's tag belts have kind of come and gone in different promotions. I don't know why we can't come up with like a women's intercontinental champion or a women's United States champion. Cause, 
Um, there are some good, there's enough good tag teams if you combine all the promotions, but we've already seen it on the main roster. For the most part, the people that have been winning the tag team belts have just been slapped together singles competitors. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of that, you know. Um, I liked it when we had the Iconics, the the Kabuki Warriors, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. The uh, um, Tamina and Nia Jax were, you know, whatever, the Samoan SWAT team, whatever yeah. they were calling themselves. Um, you know, I liked it when we had the actual tag teams like that. You know, you had the Riot Squad. Um, but it's been, it, it feels like for the last year, it's just kind of been slapped together um, individuals, you know. It's yeah. been Shayna yeah. and Nia, then Charlotte and Asuka. Um, we haven't had a real tag team since since Bailey and Sasha lost the belts and broke up. Um, I mean, so, and let's, I be, let's be honest, they're not a real tag team either. I mean, granted, they were great as the tag team champions and they, you know, they did a good job, but they are single stars. Like they are not a tag team. Yeah, you know, they definitely. are, they, they can stand on their own two feet. Uh, um, and yeah. I, I just feel like, you know, you, you didn't look at them as a tag team. You looked at them as Bailey and Sasha, you know, like mm, working together I mean, for a common cause. I mean, I think they did the, uh, the women's tag team like championship justice just to, they did they did do it, it justice yeah. but it's because of their overall talent you know what i mean you put two two women's champions together like that and two women that yeah. have like you know been and are gonna friends. go down in the history books as like two of yeah. the best women's wrestlers ever um yeah they're they're gonna give it significance and give it meaning but they're not a, they're still not a real tag team i don't they never even had music you know what i mean like and that's i think that's uh, that's the indicator yeah, they, of like a uh a real tag kinda, team you gotta have your own you gotta have tag team music you can't just have like a mashup of like you know oh, okay All the free right. yeah yeah, yeah of course you can just mash up two songs and call it whatever but yeah you gotta have like a, a tag team theme you know and you gotta have matching and gear. matching gear you gotta have matching they did gear kinda- did they do kind of like matching? Sometimes like, at pay-per-views, like yeah, they, they would match, you know, but it, yeah, they didn't like on the week-to-week like match every week, but yeah, it, it's... Yeah, right. I, I'm sure NXT is going to do a great job booking these and they'll be entertaining, but I'm just kind of bummed because I loved the original vision when they announced the women's tag team belts that it was going to be, these are going to travel across Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and NXT UK, because I think that's so cool. You know, I think that'd be awesome if they had some other sort of championship that did go across all the brands. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I, so I, I guess I'm kind of talking this one up as a bittersweet. But, you know, I'm a big, at, at the end of the day, I really, I'm starting to feel like wrestling is just kind of driving my figure collection hobby. And I'm always excited to get some new belts out of the collection. Oh, so, yeah. uh, you know, action figure <laughs> tag, if you're listening, let's get to work on cranking out some NXT uh, women's tag belts. Most deaf. That's such a good beat. Every, every time when we get to the beverage br- uh, break each each episode, I always just want to let that play for like a minute. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we, we there's only so much jazz flute each episode can handle. Never enough jazz uh, flute. So, so we'll start going around. Sheena, it's time for the beverage break. What are you sipping on this week? So I am sipping on an assortment of uh, Kona Spiked Island Seltzers. Super good. The, these these Kona seltzers highly highly recommend. Uh, we we love our brothers at the Kona Brewing Company. Um, this they are the official Miller White will be the official beer, but uh, <laughs> Kona is the official hard seltzer. Yeah, Kona Kona is the official hard seltzer. Yeah, it's really really good. It's a uh, you know zero grams of sugar. Um, I am drinking the starfruit lime flavor right now. And Delicious. Yeah, it is it is primo. Marco, what are you sipping on? Well. 
Oh Eat boy. Old Cold Stone Steve Boston <laughs> only drinks one type of beer. What? And that's Broken Skull IPA. What? Can I give you a hell yeah? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm sipping on uh, some El yeah, Segundo Brewing. Steve Austin Broken Skull IPA. I've actually purchased, I actually bought like a, a kit because they come in four, four packs. I actually forgot I had one in my trunk. Uh. I started like buying them. And uh, it's been, obviously it's been cold around here, so it's they're, they're still good. Um, yeah, so I uh, actually find it. I was like, holy crap, I forgot I bought these because I was just like kind of like piling them up just in case they disappeared from yeah. Massachusetts, which which happened yeah. last year, like actually during the summer. That's it happened so to us actually, this summer, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was winter. cleaning out the trunk. Nice day out today, just doing some like spring cleaning or early spring cleaning and actually found like a bag and I was like, what the hell is this? And I was like, holy crap, there's beers in here. That's a killer find. Sweet. So sipping on these, what? Nice. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm drinking Corona and lime tonight. I'm kicking it old school. This was kind of like my entry into beer. You know, as much as I love beer right now, for really kind of my first like seven or eight years of drinking, I wasn't a beer drinker at all. I uh, really? I, I was straight up hard stuff. Yeah, you, know, you I like started vodka? off with. Uh, Oh, man. Yeah. So vodka was in my early days. Yeah. Vodka was like, you know. I've, you know, I've like been there since my, the early days. I'm day one ish, boo. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sheena was around for all of it. Maybe my first like year of drinking was vodka. And then I moved on to rum. rum. I was a big rum guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked a lot. Of, you know, I started off with the Malibu. Then I went into some more of the more fancy Higher stuff. End. You know, had, wow. Yeah, I had a lot of balls of tin cane back in the day. They and then I went to whiskey. Tin cane. I, haven't, I don't think I've seen that in a long time. If they don't, it's a shame because that stuff was good. It was it was hard as hell, but you could even like sip on it straight because mm-hmm. it still had that sweetness to it. Um, and I fuck with Bacardi too. You know, regular Bacardi rum is delicious. You know, Bacardi and Sprite that's still a go to if uh, if oh, I'm yeah. somewhere and all they have is like you know the the main line like the most generic liquors. I'll, I'll drink a Bacardi and Coke or Bacardi and Sprite all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went to whiskey for a while. But uh, when I really got into my entry into beer was Corona. You know, I'm a, I'm a Miller Light man through and through. I'll drink Miller Light till the day I die. But I still think Corona is probably the easiest drinking beer there is. You know, Corona and lime. Um, I feel like I could slug down about 15 of these things in a night and, and not even feel it. They just go down so smooth. And that's what I'm sipping on tonight. It's got to be out of the glass bottle. We've experimented with mm-hmm. the Corona we've in cans. We've drank countless, yeah, Coronas. Yeah, we, we've done Corona in cans just because it's, you know, cans are always easier to store in a cooler and stuff if you're going fishing or going to the beach. But something about that clear bottle with the with the beautiful white and blue label on there uh, and just dropping that lime down there, it just, you know, it hits different and Corona's delicious. So I'm, I'm going old school and drinking Corona Yeah, Cor- and everybody, I feel like everybody can drink Coronas because we would stock, we, when we oh, would yeah. have our house parties, we would stock our coolers, you know, because everybody usually brings their own stuff, but we just like to have plenty just in case people wouldn't, you know, ha- have enough or whatever. And uh, I mean, those those coronas were always gone at the end of the night. Oh, you yeah. know, like we, we, I mean, we would have a giant cooler full of Corona and it was always empty the next morning. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's our kind of like standard beer. Cause you know, Miller lights, like, I don't know. I've, I feel like a lot of people like Bud Light. Miller Lights maybe like a half step above Bud Light. I think I like the the beer drinker's taste because it's a pilsner. Mm-hmm. It's not a log. It's not a lager. Yeah. So yeah, we would always go with with Corona. You know, it is a lager and it goes down easy. If you get the if you're having a party, I think it's the beer to go to. Especially when you get the uh, the Corona Ritas, the the tiny ones mm-hmm. that are like eight, eight ounces. Yeah. Those are real good. But get you a nice bowl with a uh, have the limes already sliced for everybody, yep. so they can just pop the top. Drop a lime in there and they're good to go. Uh, but yeah, Corona, we're definitely fans of Corona here also. Maybe that would be the official import beer of the Chicago <laughs> yeah. All right. That's the summertime beer. All right, let's move on to our next story. MJF has a new faction. So me and Sheena 
uh, watch this back, like really right before we went live tonight. It was such a well-executed segment. Yeah. Um, so Sheena, give us your thoughts on, on how that whole thing went down where we, we had a couple of swerves, you know, in one segment. We had Sammy G coming back to the inner circle. Then it looked like everybody was going to turn on Chris Jericho. And all of a sudden, before you know it, uh, MJF is pulling the final swerve and he's unveiling this brand new faction. Um What'd you think? Yeah, so I thought it. I thought it was awesome. I loved. I loved how Sammy came back and was like playing the footage, and uh, you know, it, MJF was automatically like you know four steps ahead already. You know, so he played the footage where he was getting you know Santana and Ortiz and Jake Hager and tried to get him to get him to turn on um, Chris Jericho, and then you know they they pulled the swerve on MJF side with Chris Jericho. MJF acts like, you know, his little chicken shit heel self. Uh, but, you know, in the end, he he was ahead of them all along. And he's like, you know, I, I didn't want to take over the inner circle because I was too busy building my own lights go out. And then, you know, Sean Spears and freaking FTR, which I guess I should start with FTR. Yeah. FTR shows up. That's the <laughs> the big yeah. the big thing. And then then they were with Sean Spears. <laughs> Why is Sean Spears there? Why is FTR Wardlow not enough? I'm going to uh, – that faction is already doomed because of <laughs> Sean Spears. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, yeah Sean, the, the, I'm sorry, Sean Spears. <laughs> I can't get with it. If it had just if he had just gotten FTR and I mean maybe somebody else. FTR but yeah. Wardlow. That's it. Yeah, that's FTR Wardlow. Him, that's yeah, awesome. that would have been like, awesome. That's an awesome like a faction. Horse, no. And, and with Tolly kind of pulling the strings, being yeah. the you know the manager, like the, of the Four whole Horsemen thing, almost, awesome. but like like a New Age version of the Four Horsemen with with the big guy. You have your Ric Flair type of character, which is MJF. And you have your, your your tag team. You have your Arn and your your Tully. Yeah. Already, so like you didn't need like Sean Spears. And he square, just looks, square peg in a round hole. He does, what, and he just he looks strange to me. <laughs> like the the blonde, the blonde hair uh, yeah. and the pale skin. And listen, I'm as pale as pale gets right now. You know what I mean? It's been it's been like you know six years of winter. What it feels like around here. But I mean, I'm, I'm also not on TV every week. You know what I mean? And and you know he's not he's not a guy like Sheamus that is like meant to be pale. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean? yeah, he's he's from the motherland. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Shane, so, I mean, he has to be pale. Exactly. Uh Sean Spears needs a little bit of uh, needs a little bit of tan, especially if he's gonna be rocking that freaking, you know, Ugh. like like super blonde platinum whatever the hell that is on top of his head. So yeah, yeah. I just I don't get it. Like it's like, yeah, we get it, Cody. You're good friends with Sean Spears, but stop trying to make Sean Spears stop happen. trying to make yeah, Sean Spears happen. It's yeah, not yeah. gonna happen, man. I think yeah. I think they found my uh they found my Cody. How how they found my Cody, which is Sean Spears. He's he's definitely my Cody. The chairman every, Sean Spears. Every time he shows up I just uh it's yeah. It's, I feel like he's just he's just kind of like the outlier in the faction. I do think it's cool that MJF has his own faction now. I'm a huge fan of factions. I, I love it. Um, and I love yeah. MJF. I know there's mixed reviews on him. Some people love, love him. him. Some people hate him. Um, I I just love everything that he does. He always entertains me. I just I be, I believe him as a heel, which I think is like super super important. You know, some people are like they play heel. Um, like you know, I, I know. Like, you know, breaking breaking down the fourth wall here. I know Roman is like a really good guy. You know, I know he's like a really good family man. I know he's a really good husband, a good friend. You know, everything I've ever heard about Roman is he's just an incredible dude, right? He also plays an amazing heel on TV. Um, but I also kind of have to suspend my disbelief a little bit to realize that like Roman's a bad guy. Whereas with yeah. MJF, I'm like, 
he's just kind of a shithead, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and I'm sure he's an okay dude. I don't know anything about him. Don't know him personally, but like, he makes me believe like deep down that he would like stiff a waitress at a, at a restaurant. You know what I mean? Like he's that kind of guy. Yeah. I'm i I'm not a huge MJF fan. I think it's, uh, he's somewhere to the Miz to me. You know, I, I think he, I've called him the Miz with a TV 14 rating where the character work is there. The promo is good, but the in-ring work, I just don't buy it. You know, I don't know who this guy is beating without heavily, heavily cheating. And I guess maybe that's maybe that's the point of, you know, he's that kind of heel that he's going to have to cheat anytime he's going to win. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I'm just, I've never really been excited. I, I, I enjoy the promos because he is such a, you know, evil heel. But I've just never been excited once the bell rings to see him actually wrestle. Um, Jericho has been the probably the top heel of AEW since it's been out. Is he a baby face now? I mean, what do you guys think? Uh, um, I think so. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's due. I mean, he's ever since he stepped foot into AEW, he's been the, like the top heel mm-hmm. there. I think it's, I think it's time for him to, you know, put on that baby face and play to the crowd now, which is, I mean, baby face Jericho is even, I mean, I think it's 10 times better than the, I mean, the Jericho is great too, but baby face Jericho is great. Cause now you're going to get all the, you're going to get some great jokes out of him. You're going to get some, good catchphrases and stuff like that, which, which I can't wait for. Um, you're going to get more, more of the playful Jericho instead of the serious, I'm going to kick your ass Jericho, which is, right. I mean, if you use your WWE network while you have it here in the States anyway, um, and go back and watch all the old uh, Y2J stuff. And you'll see the, the baby face Jericho is probably the, the best Jericho. So I'm, I'm actually excited to see what he does as a baby face in AEW. Um, which is it's going to be uh, pretty interesting, I think. There's definitely some uh, some echoes of the Jericho and Kevin Owens alliance, where it's you know Jericho is a heel, takes this younger heel under his wing, mm-hmm. only yeah. to ultimately turn against him and beat him yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So yeah, I'm down for it. Yeah, the obviously you see how over the theme songs got, and everybody loves singing Judas at the uh, down at Daly's place mm-hmm. once it hits, and. Uh, I think Sammy G is poised to be a real breakout star in 2021. He looked yep. he looked awesome when he when he came out yeah. uh, to kind of kind of kickstart that whole angle. And I think everybody loves Santana Ortiz too. So yeah, I think the whole inner circle kind of turned babyface in one night. I still don't think anybody cares about Jake Hager. Um, I, I, oh. I'll let Sheena talk about him though. I know she's had some strong Jake Hager oh, takes. So. I just, yeah. T- what what do you think? Like, so tell us, tell us, give us your feelings on Jake. Jake, I just feel like you know, um, not to give too much away about what we talked about on the turnbuckle debate, but we kind of like we we did talk about a little bit about how AEW gets a lot more grace than wwe right because if wwe brought in somebody that was the the status of jake hager and tried to like make him a super or like present him as if he's a superstar people would have lost their freaking minds and like and drug wwe like but they bring him to aew and it's like jake hager you know like oh he's a he's a champion look at his big badass he's the baddest mma fighter in the world angle yeah, the first episode of AEW Dynamite, remember, that was the closing angle, was Jake Hager making his big return. Yeah. And he, he came out in his jeans and his polo his shirt. polo shirt, looking like he's, he's about Jake to go State teach Farm. science. Yeah, J- Jake from State Farm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like the high school freaking history teacher. Uh, but yeah, it just... He to me is he. Um, we kind of talked about Bobby Lashley a f- couple weeks ago having the charisma of a rotten apple. I would have to actually, I'm going to give the rotten apple award to 
Jake Hager because he has absolutely zero charisma to me. Like he's not interesting. Um, I just, I don't care about, I mean, cool if he wants to be in the inner circle, but he's the least interesting, least like if he just dropped out of the inner circle, would anybody even notice? If he just stopped showing up. Yeah, if he just stopped showing up, like would (laughs) would anybody even like, like blink an eye? Like, I don't think you would even realize it until like a few weeks. You'd be like, damn, you know what? I haven't seen Jake Hager around. Where's he been? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, before we move on, I would like to go ahead and plant the flag. You know, we we've Speaking been pretty. Of Jake Hager. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been pretty solid since um, just going back to last summer when we pick somebody out who's maybe kind of like you know hiding in the weeds or or a diamond in the rough, if you will, uh, that that's ready for a push. I think the big breakout star of MGF's new faction is going to be Wardlow. Yeah, Wardlow's um, the dude he looked badass on Wednesday night, um, kind of being the real muscle behind that. Um, dude looks like a million bucks. And um, not not to take it to too somber of a note, but if you guys heard him speak on the Brody Lee tribute show, dude's super eloquent. Um, he's got some, you know, he's he's got a natural charisma to him. Almost, you know, I don't want to call him like Roman Reigns, but he's almost like that, you know, Roman Reigns type vibe where it's yeah. like a quiet strength type thing. You know, he's not like The Rock where he's going to be the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, but he's just got a quiet charisma to him. And um, I, I'm assuming eventually he's going to get tired of MJF shit because I don't know who could deal with that guy for, for yeah. that long. <laughs> and when he does and, you know, eventually becomes a baby face, I think the sky's the limit for him. So mm-hmm. I, I think uh, Wardlow's and end up being the breakout star of this new faction. And uh, I'll go and, you know, plant my flag on that take right now and we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. All right, let's take it back over to WWE. So Daniel Bryan won the steel cage match against Jey Uso and we were going to get Roman versus Daniel and what I'm assuming is going to be the main event at Fastlane. So this is the uh, the rematch six years in the making at the first ever Fastlane back in 2000. Yep, the first one uh, when we were like, "What the hell is this pay per view?" You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We thought we thought Fastlane was a weird name for yeah. pay per view. We yeah. didn't know that we had uh, you know great balls of fire in <laughs> our future. Of, oh my god, I forgot about that. Holy, that or was, uh, uh, you know what was the one uh, back in 2019? We had Stomping Grounds. Stomping uh, Ground. Oh my god. Yeah. So, it looked like so, the, uh, the lugs boot. Yes. Logo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, si- yeah. Six years ago at Fastlane, the first ever Fastlane, Roman and Daniel was the main event. They had a hell of a match. That was actually Roman Reigns' second ever one-on-one match on pay-per-view. He uh, he had fought Randy Orton at SummerSlam 2014. Uh, so this was his second ever. This was his first ever one-on-one pay-per-view main event was against Daniel Bryan. So it's pretty crazy to uh, to think about how much has changed in six years. You know, yeah. Daniel Bryan retired and came back. Yeah. Roman fought cancer and came back and took a giant hiatus um, due to the pandemic and came back. So just wild thinking of how things have changed. Um, if you go back and watch that match, which we'll go into detail on it a little bit later in the show, um, but it was a good bout. Um, Sheena, do you think they're going to be able to top what they did six years ago? Um, yeah, I do. I think, I think it's going to be awesome, man. You know, obviously they've, um, they've gotten to see what each other is capable of over the years, you know, in the past six years. And I think, you know, just being that familiar with someone um, really helps you just to put on better matches in the future. So I think, I don't think there's any way that it can be worse than, I mean, I guess I I shouldn't say that because it sounds like the first one was worse. The first one was mage, but I think um, there's no way that it's not going to be as good as, as the first one. I think it's going to be awesome. And, and we have, you know, a heel Roman Reigns against, you know, the, one of the biggest baby faces in the entire company, you know? So, so it's it's going to be epic. 
we know Edge has, for whatever reason, been butthurt that Daniel Bryan is even getting involved in the title picture. I don't know why he's so hell-bent uh, about this, because honestly, I would rather fight Daniel Bryan than yeah, Roman no Reigns. Because Roman, Roman's like the number one badass in the entire world of wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marco, you think we're going to see Edge get involved in this? Um, I'm not sure if he'll get involved in the match, but I think he's definitely going to have a presence at that pay-per-view. Uh, he's definitely going to be maybe on commentary, Maybe watching from the, uh, from actually, the maybe yeah maybe from the rafters maybe on the on the stage or something like that um, <laughs> maybe we'll see him backstage with the side you know standing the sideways stand. next to the TV. sideways mm-hmm. yeah the awkward that's the only way wrestlers can watch TV yeah like your neck I, like I here's a funny thing I've tried to watch TV like that your neck like hurts <laughs> like you like you get a stiff neck because well, you're not a wrestler man yeah that is true yeah I don't have you that. don't have I, those specifically I, designed muscles to to, be to able like to, do to that. look sideways mm-hmm. as I'm uh, watching yeah. <laughs> wrestling but uh yeah I definitely think he's in a He's gonna he's gonna be there as a presence, and um, I mean, I don't think it's an easier uh, match for him if he does fight Daniel Bryan. You got to think Edge is up there in age, and Daniel Bryan is considered uh, one of the best, if not the best wrestler in the world. Yeah, and, uh, and so Daniel moved. Bryan likes to wrench on your neck. You know what I mean? Edge has got yeah. Edge has got a bad neck, so he like um, yeah, he likes to beat the crap true. out of you. So they both so. both guys can beat the crap out of you. I mean, obviously <laughs> uh, Daniel Bryan's uh, smaller in stature, but as of late, he has more of an aggressive move set, and um, I'm not sure if you know. Maybe that's the reason why Edge doesn't want Daniel Bryan in the mix. He knows that he knows Daniel yeah, Bryan's probably more of a threat. Like, I can I can take a spear to the midsection, you know. Yeah. I mean? But if Daniel Bryan like you know pulls back on my neck, that could be the end for me. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like he stomp, he grabs my arms and starts stomping on my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ring, yeah, that might be a problem. So I mean, that, that it could be kind of like a fear of of Daniel Bryan. That's why he's trying. That's that's why he's trying to not get Daniel Bryan involved. Yeah, because it could that. it could could be the end of his career again. All right, let's move on to our last story of the week. So, Marco, you're going to need to carry the weight on this one. You're oh, our boy. kind of resident uh, impact uh, expert, <laughs> but uh, Kenny Omega is set up to collect even more belts. Uh, he's really kind of becoming like the Thanos of pro wrestling. Uh, Rich Swan and Moose are going to be wrestling at Sacrifice later this month to unify the TNA and Impact Championships. And I got to be 100% honest, I didn't know TNA was even still a thing. Like, is it a, is, is TNA still a company right now, Marco, or, or the title is just still alive in Impact? No, so so Moose um, proclaims himself as the real world champion. Um, so he brought back the TNA championship and he's been like carrying around like he's the the champion of, okay, of, of the gotcha. company. So like, that's like, that's what he's doing right now. Um, and you, if you watch that video where they actually announce it, um, you know, they, they, he, he tells him, he's like, Hey, you, you claim you're the champion. You're not really the champion to be carrying this belt around. Right. Um, but they actually reinstated it as a title. Okay. Um, I think just for this uh, moment recently they did. Um, so yeah, so it's going to be uh, the TNA champion Moose versus the impact champion, Rich Swan, the winner, nice. faces Kenny Omega in a title versus title match. Now, the big question is, they didn't say if it was if they were going to win the title. It's just a title versus title, like kind of like a champion. I mean, I gotta champion. admit, yeah, I, yeah, I think title. that means that yeah, uh, it's that's winner so, take all. That's yeah, it. so a lot of people. Well, so they didn't say that. A lot of people are confused. They're like, so if if one of them wins, are they taking both titles? I would think it is. I, I would think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, the winner of this match, I, I think it's going to be Moose, actually. Um, I think he's going to win. Um, he's going to beat Rich Swan. 
And I think it's going to be him versus Kenny Omega. Um, yeah, I can see that in some sort of schmoz. You know, there's so many people that got beef with Kenny Omega right now. I can't imagine we're going to get a clean finish. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I definitely can't see Moose with the uh, with the AEW Championship. Uh, there's almost no scenario where I see Moose with the AEW Championship, and I can't see Kenny Omega taking that belt either because it would just kind of it would hold their whole promotion at a, at a standstill. You know, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, there's enough people that got they got beef with Kenny right now to run in, but it, it's cool. You know, I love seeing kind of basically every other organization besides WWE teaming up as one kind of, you know, big wrestling universe. It's very neat. Me and Sheena are both huge Moose fans Uh, in a prior life. We were like the biggest Atlanta Falcons fans in the world. And uh, Moose, real name Quinn Ojanaka, was was a very good offensive lineman for the Falcons for a lot of years. You know, just kind of one of those lunch pail guys. Never a huge star, but showed up, did did what he needed to do, and was by all accounts a very good teammate. So, Big supporter of him. There was actually rumors he was gonna he was close to signing with WWE uh, about four years ago because him yeah. and Apollo Cruz are actually best friends. You know, Apollo Cruz actually uh, lived with Moose and his family for mm-hmm. a while, uh, but you know, Moose stayed and you know, kind of wrote it out with Impact, and I think he's reaping the benefits of that because he's probably the biggest star that they have right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm hoping to see him take out Rich Swan and then see Moose and Kenny Omega one-on-one. I'll have to see what the rest of the card looks like. You know, maybe, maybe the major brothers run there in a big role. I might actually buy retribution in April if, uh, if the card looks okay. Cause I would love to see Kenny Omega and Moose one-on-one. Uh, Shane, you got any thoughts on this whole situation? No, I'm, I'm always down for, you know, watching s- some people that I don't get to see on a normal basis. Cause you know, truth be told, I, like, like Seth did ran down earlier with all the crap that we're going to have to watch like WrestleMania week, like my, my wrestling capacity, I'm, I'm at capacity right now, you know, so I don't have <laughs> any more capacity to watch, tough. to watch. Any and NWA wrestling. power is about to come yeah, back. And we were watching that every week. Before oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So, um, good. so yeah, it's, it's a lot, but yeah, if, if, uh, we end up getting the pay-per-view, um, I'm stoked to see Kenny Omega and either, I mean, either Rich Swan or Moose, you know, I think it, it's going to be good either way. Um, I thought it was funny. This is like going back in the way back machine, uh, talking about Mox again, when Mox took the shot at impact, um, saying he's like, Oh, impact paid for the fireworks. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. You know, he's like impact <laughs> paid for the ring. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I thought that was a funny little knock on, uh, on impact from Mox, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they I don't actually, know why Impact is so cool with this because they've been taking shots nonstop mm-hmm. since this whole partnership started. You know, they've definitely, it's been like t- abundantly clear that they're presented a second rate compared to AEW. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the other thing too, I mean, they, they can hang their hat because they, they've lasted longer than WCW right now. Yeah. So like, they can, you can, Impact has been around a very long you time. Can, you can, you can crap on them all you want, but they have the longevity and they're still mm-hmm. going. They're so, like the cockroaches I mean, of the wrestling world. <laughs> oh yes, I mean, God. like it's... Cockroaches? <laughs> you didn't have to compare them to cockroaches. I mean, I mean they've, sm- that, they've yeah. smashed ECW, and yeah, they've actually crushed WCW now. If yeah. you look at just... If you look at Longevity. just... WCW, yeah, because WCW just came out in 1990. You know, if you, if you don't count them as the... You know, I, I think for all intents and purposes, really, they were like the actual NWA and Jim Crockett promotions, but if yeah. you look at just WCW, they started in 1990, and they were gone by 2001. Yeah, so impact crushing them right now. Yeah, so I mean, they do have the longevity, and it's. Uh, I actually want to say, like side side note, I do love the fact that the uh, major bros are like feuding on uh, uh, Impact. I'm not sure if you guys have been following this at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been, uh, so I've been it's, following it's, loosely online. You know, it's amazing. It's kind of storyline. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I love it. It's Brian Myers is great. He's the most professional wrestler, and I mean. 
I love it. He's 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 an awesome heel too. He's mm-hmm. he's amazing. Yeah, like I said, if they can book maybe some big blow off match with them in addition to to Kenny Omega and Moose at Retribution, they uh, you know Impact might get my money. What does a what does an Impact pay per view go for these days? What's the uh, what's the going? I rate? think twenty bucks. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah that, but I want to say it's nineteen ninety five. Yeah, it's not fifty or yeah, it's not anything astronomical. Interesting. All right, it is now time for Go Figure. Check out the Pyramid Wrestling Podcast. Each week, we dive deep into all things wrestling action figures. From AEW Unrivaled, WWE Mattel Elite, our childhood WWF, WCW, ECW collections, and more, you can also find Pyramid Wrestling on YouTube. That's Pyramid Wrestling, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Go Figures, where we cover the latest and greatest in the world of wrestling figures and talk about what we've each added to our own personal collections. Reminder, this segment is brought to you by our good friends at Ringside Collectibles, the number one worldwide retailer in wrestling figures. Use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your orders at Ringside. And here we go. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, uh, we record the show Thursday. So Friday, this information dropped. So we didn't get to talk about it at all. So uh, AEW Unrivaled Series 6 was uh, announced um, by, by, City. by friend of the show, yeah, Jeremy Padauer. Um, uh, so it's uh, Shida, it's MJF, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, first in line, which is awesome, and uh, the Lucha Bros. So uh, I think there's only, what, only two first in lines, which is uh, yeah. Hikaru Shida and Jake Hager, and then obviously have MJF, Chris Jericho. But it's been a while since we got a Lucha Jericho. Bros. You know, we had we had three Jerichos right at the start with the regular Series 1, the Chase, and a little bit of the Bubbly. Yeah. And then MJF was Series 2 with the Chase. So it's been a while on those. Um, and hopefully the Lucha Bros get some colors. You know, the Lucha Bro last time was just straight up black and white. So hopefully yeah. we get a little bit more colorful attire for those guys. I'm sure yeah. the figures are going to be excellent. Yeah, I'm curious to see what gear they go with for uh, – for the for the Lucha Bros as well as Chris Jericho too, um, the Shido. I'm assuming we're going to get another uh, women's title, um, maybe. I don't know. They didn't they didn't say that it was going to happen, but at least uh, I'm, I'm I'm actually more excited about hers because of the the gear that she has, um, the the soft goods robe. I'm hoping mm-hmm. they come out with the sword, all that stuff. So. That's I'm excited for uh, for Jake Hager because as much as we love um, Mattel's <laughs> WWE line, yeah. I actually don't think they've really nailed Jack Swagger. His figures were always like really, really skinny where he's kind of like a little bit more of a beefy guy. Yeah. So I'd love to see a, a really good Jake Hager in ring gear and then maybe make the chase like the uh, the Jake Hager debut that, you know, Sheena talked about a little bit earlier on with the, uh, you know, the polo shirt and stuff. No. Let's, let me <laughs> get a, let me get a soft goods polo shirt, shirt with, uh, with Jake Hager. <laughs> How about you, Sheena? What, what are you most excited for? out of uh, Unrivaled Series 6? Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, definitely Luchasaurus, man. And... and uh, well, no, no, no. Luchasaurus is Series 5. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, might be, might be. Let me look. Oh, Karoshito, MJF. Uh, definitely not Jake Hager. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, I guess it's going to be Sheeta, man, because the rest of these are pretty much repeats you know so yeah um, jake hager's the only first time in the line and we've gotten him numerous times in mattel Sheeta's the only person who's getting like a debut yeah so I, i'm gonna go i'm set. gonna go with Sheeta. i'm definitely as Good much choice. as much as i have um you know been down on the women's division um i'm gonna go with Sheeta. 
Yeah. All right, Marco, tell us about these uh, chibi brawlers. Oh yeah, so uh, so we have the uh, so Nerds Clothing uh, teamed up with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and they have the uh, chibi brawlers. So uh, the line is featuring right now it's Okada, uh, Takahashi, uh, Evil, and Tanahashi are the uh, are in the line. So I believe they did before was a switchblade and. Uh, I forget the other uh, was it Switchblade? It was Switchblade and someone else. I forget who was. I think they only did two the first time around, but obviously they they seen growth off of those two uh, figures that they produce, and now they're doing kind of like a, a line with these um, just to add more with the the micro brawlers and yeah, all. So yeah, I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> this is like right yeah. in my little like wheelhouse. I love it. They're uh, they, this is being in, done in conjunction with pro wrestling tees as well. Yep, so exactly, I think they are going to be like totally in scale. But the cool thing is, is that even though they're in scale, it is a different art style. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. if you look at them, it's well, a, a little bit different. It's a style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's TV pretty. It's pretty style. neat. So, um, yeah, the Okada looks amazing, obviously, but still resisting this line. It's taken a lot. You know, when they, when they dropped the AEW Series 1, it was extremely tempting for me to uh, dive in on this. But, Same you know, here. luckily I resisted. <laughs> we'll have to hit up our uh, our resident micro brawler expert, Dougie Nunya, and see if he's jumping in on the chibi brawlers. I'm sure he is. No, he is, yeah. dude. He's the, the man. The man's a maniac. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's gonna, a fiend. He's the real fiend. He is oh, the man, real. Yeah, he's he, the brawler. Screw Bray Wyatt. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. If you, especially if you go on eBay and like start to search like all the different uh, micro brawlers that have been produced, yeah, you can definitely fall into like a rabbit hole of uh, yeah, a figure. So yeah, definitely stay if away. If you're from a completionist, that yeah, you're screwed, dude. Your whole stimulus yeah. check is going down the drain. Oh my god, yeah, that stimmy, that stimmy's gone. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, well, money bag Joe is is going all. <laughs> uh, you know, he's straightening out his bag of full of, full of uh, ones for a bag full of micro brawlers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'd be done. I, I'm not sure if you know. You know, we're a family of four here. We're getting you know 5600 back. I don't know if you could get the entire micro brawler collection for 5600 right now. No, which is Probably which is not, cool because no. I'm all about you know the collecting hobby being as hot as it could be. Yeah. But it's also insane that these tiny little figures are worth that much, man. Yeah, the yeah. Did, you know we on these. Yeah, we didn't talk about this uh, last week. I don't think, but did uh, if I if I don't if you could cut me off. Uh, the AEW series being sold on uh, AEW shop. Did we talk about that? Like the actual figures? Well, they sold out so quick it wasn't even worth talking about. You yeah. Know? Okay. Yeah. So I mean, even the even the even the thought of that happening is uh is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Just having a series on. You know, I know like WWE does it too. They have some of their Mattel figures, but they don't have like you know, it's like pretty much ones that are old that aren't like new at all. There's no new series on there. Yeah, the figure game's out of control right now. Yeah, so I mean I, I thought that was pretty uh pretty crazy that they did that. Um so speaking of brawlers, um so they had a uh, a rhino micro brawler sold out now. Don't try to go on a <laughs> on um imp- yeah. shop impact to uh to find it. But uh yeah it was a it was an exclusive to that to uh, shopimpact.com and and uh I think it was kind of like a flash type of deal where it was up and it was gone. And so that's it did another sell thing out. about those micro brawlers. They can just drop them at any time from anywhere. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you got to really be on your freaking game because yeah, once they're gone, they're gone and they're, they're up on eBay for God knows what. Yeah, no, it's, it's insane. Like I said, just, just traverse eBay and search micro brawlers and see, see the, uh, the prices are pretty insane see the amount of, uh, and actually see all the different, uh, the, the, the people that they have for like the figures are pretty insane too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I will move on. Uh, so I see, I'm not sure if you guys see these proto pictures of them holding up their yes, figures, yes. but uh, the major bros, they showed off their Super 7 uh, prototype figures. Was it the um, Super Seven or the Zombie Sailor toys? Were the figures? Zombie toys. No, so they so so Zombie Sailor had had uh, showed like the almost like the finished product with the yeah. the paint finish and stuff like that. So that was separate. But they also the Major Bros showed off their Super Seven figures, oh, uh, nice. which were uh, the, basically the prototypes. So they weren't fully they weren't like painted or anything like that. Uh, the Brian Myers looks pretty sick. It comes with that uh, kind of like face mask. Like mm-hmm. the, the COVID face max, which is pretty cool. And he actually had like the box too. I, I'm not sure if that was a finished product of it as well. But uh, but yeah, they looked there. Did you get to see him at all? Or No, I'm looking no. right now because I, I I saw the zombie sailor, but I didn't get to see the uh, the Super 7 protos. Yeah, so the, yeah, so the, uh, the, the Brian Myers is pretty sick. Um, they posted the, them on Instagram? Yeah, uh, no, they're on, they're on, uh, they're on Twitter. So go on the app. Uh, you you know Twitter I missed it. Then. I'm not. I'm not the, the Twitter. Yeah, machine, yeah. Not my, not my. I know it's. Day. I know it's rough. I know the Twitter uh, seas twi- are Twitter pretty street. rough, but mm-hmm. you, you got to swim them sometimes. <laughs> I still think no matter what, the coolest thing about those figures is that uh, they, they come, come with, with little miniature figure. figures. The scale yeah. action figures are what uh, is worth the price of admission for for those figures. Yeah. So so Matt actually has his. He's holding his figure, mm-hmm. and his figure is holding the figure. So like a prototype of the little figure that comes with it, which is pretty cool. I'm not sure if anyone noticed that, but just look at his uh at the at his figure's hand and you'll see that he's holding the little Matt Cardona figure, which is pretty cool. So I mean hopefully I mean I think they you know, judging off of like the uh the New Japan uh series one, stuff like that. Um what do you guys thinking of the level of detail for these figures? These look like they're going to be pretty good. You know, I will say we, we actually got our uh, Super 7s in JPW Series 1 in the mail yep, today. I did too. Um, we're going to save it for weekly purchases to, to kind of go in detail on it. But they definitely look a lot better in person than they did in the um, the first kind of photos that were circulating out there. They, they, the figures look pretty dang cool. So, And I know, obviously, we know how much Matt and Brian love, um, you know, all things wrestling figures. And, and they've talked about how intensely involved they are in the entire process of these so uh-huh. you know I, I i gotta imagine these are going to be you know some of the most well-crafted figures that we've ever seen i think so yeah i, I could definitely agree with that oh, yeah because you know i mean matt he he will heal off if it's not yeah oh you yeah know, if it's not what he's <laughs> expecting he has he has no qualms about just like healing the hill off oh yeah definitely yeah no he, yeah if, yeah if you listen definitely if you listen to the show yeah he has no problem with doing that at all but um Speaking of Super Seven, we'll just keep it going. Uh, so they announced uh, New Japan New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Series Three. Um, they announced one person that's going to be in it. It's going to be Jay White, Switchblade. Switchblade Jay will be one of the featured figures. Yes. I'm actually super excited about this. I'm a huge Jay White fan. Uh, definitely wish he would sign to WWE because he has that like he has that persona that would fit perfect. Yeah, he's awesome. WWE. Oh my god! Uh, but yeah, imagine so, him I'm, and Finn Balor feuding in NXT. Him and Finn Balor, him and Seth Rollins, him and anyone in WWE. Roman Reigns, put him against anybody. And he's got um, such a cool story. If you ever hear a story coming up from New Zealand, you know it was uh, 
there wasn't exact. He was kind of the you know we see a lot of um, you know Kiwis in NXT now, but he was kind of yeah. one of the first ones that really established that pipeline of talent going from New Zealand to Japan, then to worldwide. Yeah. Um, so just a, a hell of a uh, influential person in the world of pro wrestling. You should just start yeah, so- Kiwi Worldwide. <laughs> I wish I had the cricket sound effect loaded up on the, uh, the soundboard this week. You are saved. You are saved this week, Sheena. Yep. From the uh, from the crickets, but yeah, that's- I'm just, I'm just excited. Series three is happening. You know, I really wish they would do a uh, a Jushin Thunder Liger because as great as the Storm Collectibles figures have been, they're definitely yeah. uh, wildly out of scale with you know the the Mattel and Jazzwares and now Super Seven scale. Um, so I, I hope they get some legends in there. But but very cool we're getting him. I wouldn't mind seeing like a Juice Robinson also. Um, oh yeah. But- but yeah, I'm just glad Series 3 is happening because I was very skeptical at, that the line was going to end at Series 2 because uh, we still don't really know all the details behind the scenes, but it's obvious that they had a hell of a time getting Series 1 out. You know, we had those well, figures pre-ordered for damn near a year and a half. Well, yeah, you, you think like they you, you did the pre-order, what, late 2019? Yep, November, November 2019, 2019, I ordered yeah, these then, figures and, and they came in today. Yep, and then, they, and then obviously we had the, the COVID hit hit us all hit the whole yeah. world. Well then our, our, our figures <laughs> our figures took um an extra freaking like three day vacation traveling around with FedEx. Oh yeah. These things went from Freeport, New York to Bethpage, New York. Keep in mind we're in Virginia. Yeah. They went all the way down to Concord, North Carolina. From there they go to Martinsburg, West Virginia, back to Norfolk. Like yeah, I, so I don't know how in the hell that was the you know the most economical route for FedEx to take. But yeah, no, so like yeah I mean I wonder I, why shipping you, rates are going up. <laughs> exactly, and you can you can pretty much like you know like nowadays it's like oh you know COVID you know it's slowing down shipping and all this stuff and production, but literally like you could say like this that first series was kind of directly affected by that because like you like you said you did the pre order late twenty nineteen and then technically a few months later the stuff starts blowing up and it like kind of like hit right right when it happened so mm-hmm. um, I mean that it, it, definitely long overdue but. I mean, what can you do? The, the world was pretty much at a standstill <laughs> for the whole year. So, I mean, it's just, I'm just glad that we actually have them in hand and you're actually able to see yeah, them and here. play with them. And if you're, I mean, if you're an MOC, you're just going to keep it in the box anyway. But um. <laughs> we have a we have a discussion point. I I, I have uh, something to talk about with these specific figures for for MOC. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty much it for uh for figure news I so mean. before we get into weekly purchases there is somebody that i wanted to uh, give a shout out to so check out lumber jillville they're on uh, instagram just like that so lumber jill instead of lumberjack and then ville right at the end v-i-l-l-e and same thing on youtube um so we like to highlight unique collectors this guy he specializes in women's figures. You know, he's got uh, the, the IG account is full of some awesome photography, and then he's got a YouTube channel of nothing but you know reviews and unboxing, entertaining videos too. He does some really entertaining yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's a he, yeah. Yeah, of women's figures. So it's always cool if you got somebody who has, uh, you know, just a a kind of like narrowed focus on their figure collecting because you can really dive deep into, you know, certain niches. Um, Like his most recent video, he's got a review of the Amanda Nunes, the Nightmare um, figure from the UFC line from Jazzware. So so check out Lumberjillville on Instagram and YouTube, and uh, I promise you guys will be entertained. Let's get into weekly purchases. Marco, what would you add to your collection this week? Um, first of all, shout out to Amanda Nunez because, uh, <laughs> yeah. she did, she did some work on Saturday night. Um, from a, it was kind of like a, you know, kind of like a ho-hum 
pay-per-view all, overall. But uh, yeah, she she made quick work of a uh, of a giant lady <laughs> in that octagon. Uh, but yeah, so um, pretty much a New Japan figures got those in um, all four. Actually, I only ordered three, um, and then I ordered the I think uh, I forget which one I ordered last. But they all ended up kind of coming in like kind of like the same time. Um, but yeah, super. Yeah, Marco's exci- I mean, a madman. He doesn't just order complete sets. He'll, but he'll individually order the entire set. Well, well, yeah. So like, I think one of them was like on back order, and I think they had some like things saying like, you know, obviously with ringside, it's like, hey, don't order this because if you order this, it's gonna come when this one is available. So I kind of like spaced it out that way so they all show up. Yeah, it's a science when you when you order um, figures. But um, yeah, so I got those in, and I mean, even I kind of joked about the MOC thing, but. These figures, you can pretty much display MOC. Um, the, the the packaging is open enough where you don't technically have to take it out of the box to see to see everything. Um, if they had a little window in the back, that would that would be a little bit uh, different. But other than that, I mean, I, I think they look great in person. I think I said it last week. I'm going to wait till I see them in person and uh, what they look like, and not go off of the pictures and stuff like that because there's a lot of factors that can go into like looking at a picture. Um, so yeah, definitely have have them in here there. I, I I think they're I think they're pretty awesome. I I love them all. Definitely the Okada is probably my favorite right now. With that that jacket's pretty yeah, sick. Yeah, the jacket is mage. Yeah, so Sheena's got she got that stack of figures sitting right beside her right now. I agree with you 100%, man. I think normally our good friends at ringside are like just on point 100% with the photography. For whatever reason, I, I don't know if it was lighting, if they were in a rush, maybe they got a bad batch of figures that were like, you know, the first ones off the line from Super 7. It was a weird set of photos that came out those initial from the initial release. And I think that put a bad taste in a lot of collectors' minds where they kind of had to, you know, these figures were kind of had to, um, had to dig themselves out of a mm-hmm. hole to start up, but we got them today and they look cool. You know, I think there's definitely some room for improvement, but which is to be expected when it's uh, first the first series, series from a new company. Yeah. But just look at how much improvement we got from, from series one AEW to now. Uh, it, it's really incredible. And I, I'm just glad super seven's already announced that series three is on the way. Uh, Sheena, you're looking at the figures right now. Which one is the standout to you out of the set? Well, like Marco said, Okada looks awesome with that. I mean, that jacket, you know, soft goods jacket, lots of detail. Um, if you are MOC, like my, obviously they're all going to be a little bit displayed differently, but my, um, like IWG, IWGP title is like completely covered up. Like it's kind of like, you know, you only see like, a little bit of the title. Um, also my money, <laughs> my stack of money fell out of the little clamshell. So if I was MOC, I would be like, ah, you know, granted it doesn't bother me cause we're going to rip these bad boys open. But, uh, so we had a, uh, me, you know, me and Sheena were talking when they came in, we need to consult with some of our MOC yeah. experts. Yeah, this is what what's considered about. MOC for these because these things, the packaging's on point. I really think the packaging is like the best, you know, the best part. Yeah. Of them. So but the argument, the brown, argument that I made, yeah. so they come in a box, right? So they come in mm. a like a cardboard box, um, a box in a box, mm-hmm, and then they have a bag over that, and then there is a sleeve over the actual figure box. So my question is like. If you were like, how detailed are we getting? How, like, how serious do you guys take your MOC? Because if you remove the box 
from the outside of the box, is that still MOC? If you remove the sleeve from the the box, like so you'll never see the figure. Like, you know, those people that got the um the cane. Mm. Oh my gosh, what's the what's the tagline for that that cane, the ringside exclusive cane? The um the dead man's revenge figure. Yeah, like, yeah, revenge, if yeah. you never like if you can't open it, like you never see the figure. So if you can't slide the the packaging off if you can't slide the sleeve off you're never going to see these figures you know what i mean for true moc you need to keep these things in the bag i think once you once you tear that bag they're no longer moc i don't know i think i mean there's the the figure's still in the packaging like the actual like like if you were to walk in a store that you're not going to buy it inside a box essentially i'm assuming anyway it's going to be on a shelf in that packaging so i think i think the MOC i think moc is that like the not the not the actual tan box with the box inside the tan. What about, box? The, what bag? about the sleeve? Does the bag have to be intact. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just. I think that that now that's just getting nitpicky. With the, with the, well, that's what I'm the, saying. I want to know. I want to know how no seriously. Joke, yeah, I want to. I want to see how seriously. Because you know, like yeah. if you list a pair of sneakers dead stock, I mean, that means that like you've never, like they've never touched the ground. The you tissue know what I mean? paper. The still tissue paper is still shoe. inside the shoe. Like they've never. Been, okay. If you've never pulled the laces, I'm thinking. Apart. Uh, I'm thinking you need that bag, man. No, you know, no glove, no love. <laughs> So I would. <laughs> so what I would. So here's what I would go by. I would think, d- depending on what type of MOC collector you are, and if you if you're a display collector. So if you display the figures, maybe you're gonna take it out of the plastic. You're gonna take it out of the box. You're gonna display it. If you're like a hardcore MOC collector, you're not removing anything off of it. At all, you just keep it in the box, keeping it fresh. Yeah, I think and never looking. I think at it the box in the bag is a little bit extreme. Um, yeah, my my main concern is like, do if if you slide the sleeve off of this thing because it's going to have your because the sleeves are beautiful. The sleeves have yeah. you know the the New Japan like the logo on them, like they just look insane, like it's metallic. But the black is like I know all action figure. I mean, even sneakerheads like you know there's packaging that's made out of this like black material that is matte and your fingers have a natural oil to them. You know what I mean? So if you touch this, if you touch this package, like it could leave a fingerprint or like a little bit of like what looks like a, like a grease print. You know what I mean? So if you like put your grubby little paws on this thing, you know, you're going to be able to tell. And so if you slide this sleeve off, um, people are going to know, you know? Yeah. Now so we'll have to put a is it still MOC if the if the sleeve has been removed? I think we're going to need to reach out to our uh, our brothers in arms at uh, at Fully Posable or even Pyramid Wrestling. You know he's MOC also, so I think yeah. we'll uh, yeah we'll get a three man panel with uh, with Scott from Pyramid Wrestling and then Jeff and Scott uh, from Fully Posable to see what the true definition of MOC is yeah. with these Super Seven figures, and we'll go from there because there's definitely a lot of room for interpretation because it's a lot of packaging going into these things. You get, you get two boxes, a sleeve and a bag. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of different options for, uh, for where we're drawing the line on these. Marco, did you add anything else to your collection this week? No, that was it. Just, just the, uh, new Japan figures mm-hmm. popping up and, um, so waiting for the, uh, the Masvidal, um, chase to show up. So nice. What's the, so what's the difference between the chase and the uh, the regular release on that one? So it looks like he's like the uh, so different different head scan. Okay. Um, so not like a, like a short haircut, different type of facial hair. Um, in the in the tr- his trunks are uh, like a maroon color, and it doesn't come with the title. It's like when I think it's like him earlier in his career. Got it's it. not him now. 
Um, nice. So yeah, it's a completely cool different figure. figure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that's one of the ones we added our collection because he comes with that, that really cool BMF belt. Yeah. Uh, so for us, we finally added the Chase Legends uh, Million Dollar Man with a silver suit. Beautiful oh, nice. figure. He's going to go awesome with that silver uh, Virgil Toys R Us figure from awesome. from a few years back. Thoughts and prayers to Toys R Us. Uh, Sheena had the awesome uh, observation on the IG account about how it looks like Series 9 may have been either unintentional or intentional, entirely Moon Dollar Man related with, you know, Ted DiBiase having... Have, yeah, the Ted set. He had the uh, he had both uh, the the regular figure and the chase, and then you had Tatanka and Nikolai Volkov, who were both Million Dollar Corporation members, and then the Undertaker, who again he was brought into WWF in kayfabe, anyways, by the Million Dollar Man. So got that figure, really awesome. Picked up a a beautiful Hasbro Berserker. He's got the brown tunic intact, and he has the, uh, you know, the, one of the most iconic features of Hasbro's is the paint chip on the nose of the Berserker. I don't know what kind of paint they were using on that, but for whatever reason, almost, you know, 9 out of 10 Berserkers that you find nowadays, the paint is chipped off of the tip of his nose, but we found one with the paint intact, so we picked that up to, to once again come closer to completing our set of Hasbro's. And then we picked up a couple of the new Funkos. So the newest set of Funkos are starting to hit at Walmarts and GameStop. So keep an eye out for them. We had we got China and Otis from that. So we're still waiting to, to track down Drew and Edge. And then we're also on the hunt for the 7-Eleven exclusive Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is the uh, the first ever pop to come with two belts. Uh, Otis is cool. He comes with the, uh, the money in the bank. Uh, what's your thoughts on that China pop, Sheen? I think it looks awesome. I think I would have preferred to have a uh, a DX version of China versus like this, uh, you know, Mamacita, um, <laughs> Eddie Eddie Guerrero style China. She's definitely in the the Glamazon era on the pop. Yeah, you know, she's got like her, you know, her. You can just tell hands on the hips, just the the ring gear. She's definitely feeling herself. So yeah, she's not the the brute that she was when she was with DX. So yeah. Um, it looks good. I'm stoked we're getting more Chinas in the line. Um, and I did want to shout out real quickly um, our friends at Yester Toys for the uh, for the Million Dollar Man, um, the, you know, our local toy shop. You always got to support your local your local people. So uh, shout out to Yester Toys for uh, that uh, Million Dollar Man. And they also gave the Brett Man two free Hot Wheels. You Which know, is we were always there at the counter. a good, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I was checking out on some on some toys at Yester Toys, and they just told Brett, they said, hey, pick out, pick you out two Hot Wheels. So He was so uh, stoked. He's played cool. with those things, like, every day. <laughs> so Yeah, so if you're in the Hampton Roads area, um, definitely hit up Yester Toys 757. Very, very cool spot. All right, it is time to move on to our random merch of the week. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things Indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern, available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. Random Merch of the Week is where we scour the deep recesses of the internet to track down hard-to-find and never-before-seen wrestling merchandise and share it with you, the Foley fam. You can find links to purchase our rare finds in the show notes of every episode. This segment is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Tees. 
Visit the official Chick Foley Show store by searching Chick Foley at ProWrestlingTees.com or hitting the link in our show notes. All right, Marco, you tracked down our random merch this week. Tell us what we got. So we have, if you have, uh, you actually can use a stimmy if you haven't uh, used it already uh, for this one. So it's a uh, an actual original ticket for uh, WrestleMania 3 live. Like the actual, like, an actual ticket stub for WrestleMania 3, which yeah, is pretty that's insane. pretty insane. This thing is from um, 1987. Yeah. Um, and it gives you the whole thing. Pontiac Silverdome, brother. Yep. No bottles, cans, alcohols. and includes Pontiac servicing, the whole thing. Um, the reason why I picked this is because um, I'm not... I'm not going to explain this whole thing, but you could definitely do the research. If you ever uh, have, you guys ever heard of NFTs yet? NFTs and NFT. Yes. Have you What's heard that stand for? Uh, non-fungible token. No. You, okay. So definitely do the research. I'm not going to explain because it it's, it's a lot, it's a lot harder to explain, but basically it's a, a kind of like in a small way. It's a way to um, kind of like sell art, sell, music so any type of original original um thing so like i can typically take this ticket i can make it an nft kind of like a cryptocurrency and say i have the original copy someone can mm. bid on it right and and um they can they can obviously purchase it for a, an amount of money and they can get it for that and now they have the original copy of it and then obviously so on and so so forth they can put it up for bid and all that stuff um, so you can do something like this where you can actually like take a digital version of this ticket and actually, you know, sell it in a, a kind of like a digital way as opposed to the actual physical version of it. So that's what actually brought me to this. Um, so we're going to start one, up uh, Marco coin with a yeah, WrestleMania so, 3. <laughs> yeah. So like this was this. So that idea got me to think of like, um, that's what brought me to this was like in, in the price of it alone, it's $1,800 for this ticket. It's literally just a piece of paper. You guys are gonna call me crazy. I think that's actually a bargain, man. I feel like you could flip this thing for more than that. That's man. what I mean. Yeah, so like you could probably get like even I mean you could probably get I don't even know, six six figures for this, I'm Dude, assuming. I'm, I'm thinking so I'm thinking I would get this stub. All right. I would find some awesome, awesome photograph from WrestleMania three, get that printed out, you know, maybe like a twelve by twelve. And put it in a shadow box with the defining moments Hulk Hogan figure, and maybe like the uh, you know the ele- the legends Andre Elite, you know, find a way to yeah. display those in like a shadow box with this ticket stub. And I feel like I feel like you could get somebody to pay like you know ten thousand bucks for that, man, because this is it's so cool, you know, Auto Club ticketing. It just looks retro, man. You know what I mean? It's not like it's just some generic. Um, some generic Ticketmaster ticket stub. It's actually got a little bit of branding to it, like. This thing looks so freaking cool, man. Yeah, it was twenty bucks too. Yeah, twenty today. bucks, and it was like a dollar. Yeah, a dollar service mind. Yeah, twenty <laughs> bucks at club level. Which we went to WrestleMania once. We were on the floor, and then once we were at like club level. And I can tell you, yeah, I don't know if you're sniffing WrestleMania for twenty bucks nowadays. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, no, definitely not. And like the service fee, a dollar, one dollar service dollar fee. service. Yeah, their ticket master's like, tuning you up for like thirty six bucks a ticket or something. No, like exactly. That. So like, it, this is this is pretty insane. Just even like just a nostalgia. Uh, of it alone is like kind of crazy, but just seeing like the pricing around it is it's, it's like, it makes you just go, Oh, I wish I, I wish I was back then. And Oh, actually they can bring those prices now. So you can just pay $20 for a ticket and 
walk into a WrestleMania, which obviously yeah. wouldn't happen. So you got 1800 but... or best offer. Yeah, like I said, you need to buy it. I think you're right, Marco. I think you need to do some work to get some sort of uh, certificate of authenticity tied to yeah. this thing. But I feel like there's some money to be made on this, man. 1800 seems like a bargain for this. Mm-hmm. And it's near big conditions. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah it looks, condition it's nice. Too. Mm-hmm. We will uh, we'll throw the link in the show notes. So if um, just like we do the links to all of our partners. So if anybody, um, you know, is interested in buying this, just hit the show notes and you can grab it and let us know what you plan on doing with it. But uh, yeah, I think there's definitely some money to be made off this this ticket stub. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, if there's anyone of the Foley fam that actually purchases this, this thing, yeah. then uh, I mean, hook a brother up. That's all <laughs> I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week. Hey everyone, it's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week is where myself, the heel husband, Chick Foley, and Marco, the MVP, give you guys a recommendation from a match or event from years gone by to get you through the weekend. This segment is brought to you by our good friends at Chalkline. Chalkline specializes in bringing you the absolute best in retro-inspired fanware. They can be found on Instagram at ChalklineOfficial or at Chalk-Line.com. And Chalkline is the first sponsor of the Pod Foundation. You can use code PF10 to save 10% on all your purchases at Chalkline. All right, let's start it off with, uh, you know, tying back into the Extra Cooler ad. They're talking about WrestleMania 7 this week. They're looking at the Nasty Boys versus the Hart Foundation. Uh, Marco, what memories do you have of this match? Um, I mean, just... Just a, na- I mean, I I wasn't I don't I don't want to say I was like a fan of the Nasty Boys, but obviously they were something a little bit different in the in the WWF at the time. Um, obviously, total op total polar opposites of the uh, of the Hard Foundation at the time, anyway. But uh, I mean, definitely this match is. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why they why Extra Cooler and, and the crew are going over this match is probably like one of the best matches in in a. Uh, uh, for WrestleMania Seven, I would say. Anyway, that this is a WrestleMania with Hogan. It's Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter, right? Was the main event? Yep. For this one, yeah. This was the um, one where the Mania was originally supposed to be in, uh, you know, the LA Coliseum where USC plays. And depending on who you ask, it was either due to poor ticket sales or because they thought someone was going to try to assassinate the Iraqi <laughs> sympathizer, wow. Sergeant Slaughter. They moved it indoor to uh, the uh, the forum. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember definitely the uh, when they uh, they did the heart attack, and then uh, you know, I mean, they I forget what happened. I think like Jimmy Hart kind of got he had the motorcycle helmet. Or, remember, he had the nasty yeah. boy style motorcycle helmet, and they tossed it in the ring, <laughs> and I, they bashed Brett and pinned him. I remember being so pissed as a right. kid seeing this because 
I love the Hart Foundation so much. Like Bret Hart was my favorite wrestler, even when the Hearts were still a tag team. And I just remember just being so angry that the stupid ass ref, um, you know, didn't see this interference going down, and they lost the belts. Little did I know that the you know this was the Hart Foundation losing the tag belt so that Bret could become yeah the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But as a little kid, I was I was so upset about this match. Oh yeah, that was uh yeah it was it was Anvil that they hit with the. With the helmet, right? Yeah. Yeah. And hit him in the back and then flipped him over. Yeah, that was pretty. Uh, and then Jimmy Hart was like, oh, my God, we did it. That type of thing. And the yeah, freaking was, uh, nasty boys were tag team champs. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think when I was younger, I was like kind of like, not like a fan of them, but I thought they were kind of cool because they were just like, nasty. like I said, different. Yeah, they were nasty boys. And I was a nasty boy when I was younger, so. Yeah, so you can go, um, and in true Extra Cooler Show fashion, you can go do your homework. Um, you can watch this WrestleMania 7 match, uh, Nasty Boys versus the Heart Foundation, and then go yeah. check out their um, episode that just dropped today. And they, they kind of discuss it and kind of give their thoughts. So, um, yeah, it's really fun to do it that way. I, I love kind of rewatching and then, you know, hashing out old stuff, knowing what we know now about, you know. Yeah everything that's going on now we have a much a much bigger peek behind the curtain so it's funny to kind of go back and reassess all the things that we thought we knew back then so we this uh, segment is sponsored by Chalkline clearly um, and it would not be the retro wrestling recommendation of the week if we did not do a heel husband Chalkline check-in so heel husband what Chalkline shorts are you wearing tonight out of your 60 pairs of your collection which ones were selected for tonight's <laughs> the, the episode same ones. yeah no, <laughs> so tonight i'm rocking the uh the hbk in your house degeneration x from december 1997 the black and green uh yeah awesome shorts i think they actually got some track pants dropping uh shortly if they didn't already come out but yeah hit up the uh the chalk line dx gear because it is, it is very very cool and it's actually a perfect match you know Again, not not to oversell these guys, put them over too much, but I'm actually rocking an extra cooler uh, show t shirt right now. Also, which it matches is a perfect. perfect. Match from, yeah, it's like yeah, perfect the black theme. and green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we love extra cooler um, and we love chalk line. And I'll roll into my pick. So we talked about it a little bit earlier, but my pick is the 2015 Fastlane match between Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. Go back and check this match out. Like I said, it was Roman's first ever one on one main event match. He had to win to retain his title shot uh, for WrestleMania 31 against Brock Lesnar. And it's just a really, really good match. You know, it was his second ever one-on-one match on pay-per-view. And he definitely delivered. Uh, him and Daniel Bryan tore the house down. And it was a, a great match. And that was it was actually a really fun show. You know, I think people were kind of skeptical. The build to WrestleMania 31 was, you know, kind of lackluster for all intents and purposes, but the show ended up delivering. Um, so, and, and Fastlane was actually a pretty fun show as well. You had Bray Wyatt coming out in the casket with the Undertaker's theme music to, to officially challenge Undertaker. We saw Sting and Triple H's, um, you know, one-on-one confrontation in the ring. There's actually a really funny moment in that where, you know, Triple H is basically trying to talk Sting out of fighting him. He's talking about how, if Sting just falls in line, that 
he can have action figures and be featured in video games and you know documentaries on WWE Network. And there's one lone fan in the out in the uh, the stands that's like, he's got a good point, Sting. Like you can actually <laughs> yeah. hear it on the live broadcast. Uh, that always cracks me up. So it's a fun show to watch if you want to, you know, go back in that the, the kind of way back machine. If you're not going way way back uh, to 2015 and check out the first Fast Lane. So the whole show is a recommendation. But if you only got about 30 minutes of time check out roman reigns and daniel bryan because it's a hell of a match and i'm very excited to see if they can top it um coming up here in a few weeks all right it's time for listener mail sheena what do we got for this week so this one comes in hold one moment oh man i had to clear my throat um this one comes in from matt carlos um I love this question. He sent this in last week, and I wanted to get to it. Let me take a swig of beer for the working man. Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> we don't know if Sheena's going to make it to the end of the episode or not. <laughs> I will make it. Um, so he said, if you could book a TGIF or SNCC lineup, um, some of you younger folks might not know what that is. So it's basically like a block of four shows, um, if, you're, if you're not familiar um, but if you could book a TGIF or SNCC lineup with wrestling shows, what would it be? So, you know, for example, the, the, um, the shows are like Boy Meets World, Secret World of Alex Mack, all that. Are You Afraid of the Dark? You know what I mean? Like they had that series of show that would come on Friday or Saturday night that you knew was, was like your lineup of entertainment. So um, what what shows? And this is specifically, I think it's more like he's talking about, um, he says his examples are AEW, Broken Skull Sessions, Legends of the Roundtable, you know, Confidential, things like that. So I'm thinking more like WWE Originals um, for for the lineup. So, what Seth, I'll start with you. What would you have for your fourth show? Interesting <laughs> question. So I'd probably kick it off with some Breaking Ground. So that was a series that WWE Network had in 2015 where they were looking at NXT um, – signings and stuff um you know basically on the on the road to the main roster so i'd kick it off with that then maybe we're on to some broken skull broken skull sessions like matt said and then i would finish it up with some shotgun saturday night i still think they should bring that back as a uh, in a new format you know it's like a uh, more extreme maybe we can go tvm rated uh just one hour every week i think that'd be a cool way to finish off the uh the friday night lineup how about you marco Dang, this is hard. Um, There's so much to pick from. Yeah, I'd probably go with the. I'd say I'd go with Broken Skull Sessions as the lead-in, so that'd be the first show of the night. Um, If you guys haven't been watching uh, Talking Smack at all, that's probably the best after show that they have right now, even better than Raw Talk. So definitely uh, like a Talking Smack type of show where you get to see like the like more of the personalities of uh, the superstars. Um, That they had to go. You had to go with the 24, I think, um, any one of the 24 episodes. Yeah, 24 as a series would be. Is, is yeah, a good um, And then uh, Untold, probably. That would probably be my, uh, my four-show lineup Yeah, so by 8 to 10 o'clock. I would say um, – I, I mean, I, I had I had broken school sessions on mine too. So I, clearly, broken school sessions is a is a fan favorite around here at the at the at the Foley Fam. So what? yeah, broken school <laughs> sessions. Um, I I personally loved Camp WWE. I thought Camp oh. WWE was so much fun. Like the little cartoon characters uh, of of our favorite legends and superstars at uh, at camp. I just thought that was so much fun. Legends House. 
Um, Legends House was good. Yeah, I love I love Legends House. So I would definitely add that to my rotation. Um, and since the new like Yokozuna um, documentary dropped, I, w- I think I'm definitely going to add the Icons um, documentaries because they definitely impressed me with the with the Yokozuna. But if I had to pick like a you know a one that almost made the cut, um, Edge and Christian. <laughs> I'm picking like lighthearted, like sa- like Saturday night viewing. You guys like were going for the docu series type <laughs> stuff, so I'm picking like Edge and Christian show. You know, so yeah, that was an awesome question, uh, Matt. Thank you for that. Ryan says, "What is the best theme park you have been to?" Ooh. Man, that's a tough one. So. If we're going for like just straight up vibe, I still think Disney World is the king. You know, they just it's it's a thoroughly thought out experience. Yeah, there's from, no attention to detail left unturned. Like it's yeah, from start to finish. You know, it's it's you know it's a unique experience that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. If we're going straight up rides, I would say Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio, is just incredible. You know, we me and Sheena went there. Um, shortly after our high school graduation and we just had a blast, you mm-hmm. know, the, as far as roller coasters go, it was just incredible. It's straight up. If you're looking for thrill rides, Cedar points, the way to go. If you're looking for a holistic theme park experience, I would say you can't go wrong with Disney world. Mm-hmm. What about you, Marco? Yeah, I'll probably piggyback off of that. Definitely say Disney world. Um, obviously around here, we, you know, six flags is a, is a really good mm-hmm. one as well. Um, but yeah, probably Disney World's the best, I think, when it comes to just to piggyback off of what you guys cool, said. Cool. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the nostalgia part of me wants to say Opryland. Uh, most, pe- <laughs> most people probably don't even know what Opryland is, but like my nostalgia. Nope. Opryland was cool for what it was yeah. in Nashville. My- it was like a country music, country music based theme park. They actually had some pretty badass roller coasters. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, all right. Hit us with one more scene. All right. Um, oh, let me see. We'll see what we got here. We have, mm, how do you, oh, Sam Rosenthal hits us with, how do you feel about tweeners nowadays? I feel old um, saying I enjoy clear faces and heels, but some, but it seems like that's the old style. So how do you guys feel about tweeners? Seth, I'll start with you. Um, you know, I kind of agree with Sam. You got to have baby faces and heels at the end of the day. When you got tweeners going against tweeners, the crowd response just ends up being muted. You know, we've seen that over and over. That's why heel versus heel storylines rarely work. Um, it, it's it's the exception, not the rule, when it actually works. If you have a heel versus heel and a face versus face, you know, obviously I'm sitting right underneath a Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior uh, painting right now from from the Extra Cooler. That one worked just because they're both uh, like the highest levels of over as it gets. That's really the only way it works. If you have heel versus heel or baby face versus baby face versus baby face, it's just hard to tell that story because at the end of the day, pro wrestling is all about simple storytelling. So as cool as it is when you have tweeners, you know, the whole shades of gray type thing instead of black and white, it, it, it's always neat. But when it comes time to put it in the ring, it just doesn't translate because you end up having a muted crowd response because the crowd can't get wholly behind one guy or the other because each of them are, you know, kind of right. You know, you kind of want to root for both guys and that just doesn't work. So I, I agree with Sam here. I think you need clearly to find baby faces and heels. How about you, Marco? Yeah, I think so, uh, too. Um, it's, I think they go back to the, uh, the Stone Cold and Undertaker two SummerSlam match where it's, yeah, there was, that there match was a, been way, way bigger than it ended up being. 
Yeah, neither neither one of them, you know, were, were was a heel or you know face in in a sense. I mean, you could say Stone Cold was more of the face, but not they really. Were, neither one of them were traditional baby faces. Yeah, so like, I mean, you can go back to that one as well. It's yeah, I think it just kind of say. I mean, you can probably go with the Rock and Stone uh, Stone Cold, the Rock and um, uh, John Cena as well. I mean, everyone obviously booed John Cena because it's like the fun thing to do, not because they necessarily hated him, but like you had two kind of like faces going at each other, and it's like it kind of like cancels each other out. Yeah, you have it's so. it's just I mean it's just like storytelling one hundred and one. You have to have a protagonist and you have to have an antagonist. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just the way that the, that the story progresses and the way that people get emotionally invested in the story, whether they're on what excuse me, one side or the other. Um, and when, yeah, when you don't have that, it just, it just falls flat. So yeah, I'm in total agreement with Sam. Again, we're all about of, of the same age bracket. So maybe, you know, it's just a part of, you know, our old school, um, the old school vibe within us. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally here for clearly defined baby faces and heels. So yeah, that wraps up listener mail for this week. Thank you guys so much um, for submitting those questions and any ones that we missed this week, we will get to next week. All right, episode 119 is in the books. Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. So you can find me at Instagram at Chick Foley. Uh, Marco runs the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. You can also find Pod Foundation and all of our Pod, Pod Foundation partners that you got to hear from throughout the show at Pod, Pod Foundation on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and most importantly, you can join our Foley fam at ChickFoleyShow.com. Remember to use code Chick Foley for any orders at Ringside Collectibles to save 10%. And Marco, it's the time of the week once again. <laughs> what are your closing thoughts for the listeners? So we'll say uh, we'll go with uh, hard work pays off and dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. All right. That's uh, straight from Scott Hall slash Razor Ramon's Hall of Fame speech back in 2014. Fun fact, that was actually the first live event I ever watched on WWE Network. So well done, really? Marco. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. man. That was because I had just gotten back from a uh, deployment right when uh, you know, I think the network dropped in February and I got home in April, uh, WrestleMania weekend, actually. And uh, that was the first thing I watched. I remember I was sitting up in my sneaker room at the time. I wasn't even back in the figure collecting yet. And I was going through all the new sneakers that Sheena had grabbed for me while I was gone and uh, and watching the Hall of Fame with Jake the Snake and Scott Hall there in the background. Awesome. So yeah, so so great choice. That one was meaningful for me. I immediately knew where you were going with that one. I had a good pick. So that's it for episode 119. Remember, guys, subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll talk to you guys next week.